All right, and welcome back to the Shardbreaker podcast. We read through uh, chapters 29 through 33 of Mistborn, the Final Empire this week. It's our second to last episode of this book. Uh, I am Midnight, and I am here with Darkness. Hello. And Mythic. Yo. How did you guys think of our second to last episode? <laughs> I want to read the next chapters already, but yeah. I also, like I said, read this on Monday. Yeah, I'm surprised you waited, but I specifically told you there was yeah, I know. kind of a cliffhanger. But then I forgot, then I forgot all about it, so it didn't matter. <laughs> the like, next day, you forgot. I don't know about the next day, but it's definitely. We do it on Sunday. You said Monday. No, mon- no. I, well, yeah, no. I mean, I like I I forgot about why I was so worried about the cliffhanger thing. You know, like mm. I wrote, I I did though. However, write a bunch of, not notes, but, like, summarizing each chapter so that I would remember for the podcast in case this had happened, so. Alright, so, as always, we'll start with our chapter epigraph, uh, which is, The others all think I should have had Quan executed for betraying me. To tell the truth, I'd probably kill him this moment if I knew where he'd gone. At the time, however, I just couldn't do it. The man had become like a father to me. To this day, I don't know why he suddenly decided that I wasn't the hero. Why did he turn against me, denouncing me to the entire conclave of Worldbringers? Would he rather the Deepness win? Surely, even if I'm not the right one, as Quan now claims, my presence at the Well of Ascension couldn't possibly be worse than what will happen if the Deepness continues to destroy the land. What did, what did you think about all that? So first of all, if they, we get the term conclave of Worldbringers, which I think is new. I'm pretty sure that's a new It is. I've, we've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, and based on the context, we can assume that it's probably the terrorist prophesizers that are the Conclave of Worldbringers. Because we'd heard previously that Quan had denounced him to all the philosophers. Uh, and then also, do you uh, agree that even if this man wasn't the Hero of Ages, that him being at the well is better than the Deepness taking over, or no? I mean, that depends. It could be a bad thing, too. Sorry, I... It could be a it could be a bad thing if like he's not the right one and then you know he could corrupt it more or something. I don't know. I mean, we don't really know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Go on, darkness. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I cut you off. What do you mean? Oh, shit, I cut you off. <laughs> anyway, I, I was saying like it also depends like what the deepness is. Like we we know it's like some sort of corruption. Yeah. So according you know to it's... them. Yeah. So you know, based on the logbook, that it was some sort of formless but potentially sapient uh thing that was like destroying everything in its path yeah but like i don't know it's a little confusing because the way he speaks about it especially didn't i don't know if it was just like upcoming chapters or if like past epilogues they're all kind of meshing together and i'm just (laughs) (laughs) but like uh i'm pretty sure he said that it also came with him right uh, I believe it's been, like, moving across the continent or something. Yeah, so... I think he said he's come he's he's come in contact with it several times. I don't know if he said it specifically follows him, but just that he's come in contact with it several times, and it's been moving across the continent, destroying things. So, well, I have I, a well, theory on the deepness, uh, but it kind of goes with the whole thing that I was saying of the other person took over... Uh, instead, like, I don't remember what people's names are anymore. Rashek? Yeah, that Rashek is actually the Lord Ruler that we know today. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, because I say that, I think that maybe he kills Quan, right? Quan's the other guy's name. 
So, no, Quan, we don't know the name of the writer. Quan is the oh, guy okay. who is the one who claimed that this guy writing the book is the hero of ages. And then he claims that he's not. And then he later oh, okay. claims that he's not. But we, we were you. never given the name of the, the man who writes the logbook so far. Okay. Uh, I think uh, the guy who, like, he ends up getting killed by Rashek, and then I think what the deepness is, is the mist. And it is actually already still here. Everybody thinks it's not, and they've created the false sense that uh, that like um, what's the like that that it's not like they've because there's the history doesn't tell you that doesn't like the history doesn't tell you anymore of like uh, what the deepness was, so they can make it anything. So like because he took over, he did not he he kind of allowed the deepness to continue. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of just, you know, the mist is everywhere and everybody just thinks it's the mist. They don't because they don't know what the deepness actually is. Uh, the only problem is I don't know what the mist really does. I just know that people seem to be scared of it. So Yeah, the Scar are very scared of it. Um, it's kind of mentioned that the nobles kind of are, but like they can't outwardly show that because it's kind of thought of as weak if you're scared of the mist. Mm-hmm. But yeah, generally people think that the mists are going to like kill you and eat you and like steal your face and like basically be mist race and stuff like that. Yeah, kind of I, mean, I mean, like it's never stated what the deep, what the, what it do, what the deepness does, but like you know, like that I can know of, it just seems to be a bad thing. It kind of um, yeah, I believe it says that like it like destroys the land, and I think it was like killing people or something is what it, it, I, it describes in one of the previous epigraphs, like a few things that it did, but it was still not like. It was still fairly vague, just that, like, oh, these things have happened because of it, but not how. Yeah, so, I mean, could be also the reason of, for the uh, existence of the mysteries. Sorry, what were you going to say, Darkness? I I don't know, but annoyingly, my mind is, like, it has to do with, like, how the ash is, like, falling now and all that. Mm. You think it's the ash? Ooh. Yeah. Well, that's possible, I mean. The reason I think that is because they seem to, like, okay, so beforehand, right, um, like, the world is seen, like, the way we see our world, like, with Yeah, it's much more Earth-like. Yeah. Yeah. It seems as though after, like, the Ascension, the world kind of grayed out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's no longer green grass and all that. Yeah. So, I feel like what happened there is that maybe it was, like, true that, like, he wasn't the hero of ages but like no the the thing i happened that i think happened there is that he was a hero of ages but they didn't like he didn't take the route that they wanted him to mm, i'm assuming you're referring to one of the other epigraphs yes a logbook uh-huh. where they're like if you take yeah. it selfishly you mm-hmm. can taint it yeah. uh i'll get a little bit more into that because of the things he says but um i think he didn't take the route that they wanted him to and in turn like amplified deepness rather than like destroyed it mm. and that's why like the colors drained and all that shit you know like it's just covered in ash and... yeah i mean there's definitely like i definitely think someone back then would call the current world they're living in like dead like if you think of nowadays if you if you saw like an ash covered field of brown crops and brown grass you'd probably consider that a dead field mm-hmm. so i can definitely see i can definitely see your point of view there on like if a deep if the deepness came through and whether it's ash or mist or whatever it is and like everything started becoming brown yeah that's probably mm-hmm. uh you'd probably be like yeah this is killing our world 
it wouldn't make sense that they get excited in the beginning. Like, oh, this is the hero of the prophecy. They can save us. Like, it's slowly mm-hmm. taking over. We might as well put all our faith into it, right? But yeah. then, if, like, they witness him just, like, slaughtering people that, like, goes against him, even if, like, it's, quote-unquote, a valid reason because they're opposing him or, like, they're trying to get in the way of, like, the prophecy, then <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, then he's going, like, the wrong direction, you know? Yeah. And then they're going to be like, uh, maybe he's not the person from the prophecy. Kind of like how, like, it got, it got so bad that they're kind of just like, we just need to accept someone as the hero of ages type thing. We just yeah. need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> and Quan's like, actually, I don't think this is the right guy, even though we need someone. And they're like, no, yeah. no, no, we just need someone, dude. <laughs> just, 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 let's just have this happen. <laughs> you know, these following chapters really made me happy, too, because it seems like <laughs> there's a lot of therapy going on that I've been waiting for. <laughs> like, <psychology laughs> therapy. But yeah, I, I that's like my genuine theory. Like just things went wrong when they could have gone right and like it was just meant to be, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Alright, so moving on from the epigraph. Uh we start this chapter with Vin reading more of the log book. Uh so in the log book it mentions that the writer is just outside the cavern where the well of ascension is. And it's mentioned that Fedek, who had been hasn't been the same since being stabbed by the mist creature that the writer worry and that the writer worries for his safety. It's also mentioned that the terracemen seem to be able to store heat as the frigid weather doesn't seem to bother them very much. Uh, it's also mentioned that the man uh, that this man approached Rashek and Rashek went on a rant about how much he hates Kalenium and that the terracemen should be dominant because of their supernatural powers. The writer states that Rashek needs to be contained because of his irrational hatred of everyone who is not Terrace. So what do you think about Rashek's uh, ranting about the Terracemen, how they should be, like, the dominant people? That made me That made me think, like, do we know at that point if, like, Alamancy is a thing? So there is no, no mentions of Alamancy no in the logbook. Yeah. Okay. So... We don't know if it was a thing or not, because, um... Kelsier's theory was that the Lord Ruler had not snapped yet, and that's why there's no mentions, because the Lord Ruler just doesn't... Because, again, they're like, the, the Lord Ruler is the one who wrote this, he must not have snapped yet, because he has no mentions of Alamancy. I think it's less to do with snapping when it comes to the Lord Ruler, and more like the Well of Ascension that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. No? Yes? No? So, like, what do you mean by that? I don't think I... He seems to be, like, well, it's because I don't know. Is I, I, I don't know if he gets his abilities through this, like, snapping thing, or is it the thing he's sensing? Because it could go on, like, Mythic's theory, one of Mythic's medals that just gives people elements or some shit. Mm-hmm. I think it's got a medal for everything. I, I mean, there's a lot of metal in the world, ain't it? <laughs> I mean, it would be an injustice that he didn't put in more medals into this world. <laughs> I mean, even if, even if it was like uh, the metals. What are the, what are those? What are, what is Caesar's power Fer- thing? Ferrochemy. Ferrochemy. Yeah. Yeah. So even if like ferrochemy is what actually is where all the other metals would come in, you know, like he could, they can do more with more metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would still be. Uh, I feel like I'd still be happier with that. that mm-hmm. Did we ever that alimantic metal? Yeah. Uh, what was that? Did, did we ever discuss why? Um, what's the scene? Sace. Why Kelsier, uh, oh, Kelsier. Kelsier didn't give the 11th medal to uh, Sace to try? No, we never I did. Th- no, yeah, I don't. I doubt he ever would. I feel like that would have been smart, in my opinion. 
Because yeah. I said I've been thinking about two rereading this, and I'm like, why would you not just like get like a small amount of it, make it into like a ring or like a little earring stud, and see if Sace can store in it? Because it's a lot less dangerous for fair chemists to store stuff in metal than it is for an alamancer to burn it. it. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So I don't know. I feel like that would I mean, have been smart too. How much does too. he have? First off, how much does he have of this eleventh metal, anyways? I don't. Like, he has a bar of it, as yeah. far as we're aware. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, but like, if you have a bar of it, you know, and it's not going to go too far. Like you continue to expend it. But yeah, I, I agree. You could probably cut off a piece of it and yeah, I make like a earring or something. Cut off like. A... I don't even think it has to be in jewelry form, does it? I don't think so. I think that's just so no, it's easier for them. I think you can just get like it. a little. Yeah. Like a little coin-sized amount of it, and yeah. to see if he can store anything in it. Yeah, I was gonna say he can just like chip it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't would, know if there's. It would make more sense. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that would have made sense as well, but obviously that wasn't a discussion that was had. Um... Maybe he's coveting it for a reason. <laughs> also, I wanted to ask: Is the fact that Rashak seems to want Terrasmen to be the dominant people does that dissuade your theory at all, Mythic, about Rashak being the Lord Ruler, or no? No, not at all. But I don't remember what. Say that again. What? What did Rash? I forgot that part. Yeah. So Ra yeah, Rashik okay. says has like this rant to the the writer of the logbook saying that like all that Terrasmen should be like the most dominant people in the world because they have these they have Ferrochemy basically. Oh yeah. No, not at all. Because uh, I still think he believes that even to this day, if it is him, I think he's that's why he's trying to limit them because he knows how strong they can be. Uh, so then the writer discusses wanting to go, uh, he says how he wants to go to the Southern Isles uh, to retire where there are mountains that create fire, which I'm assuming are volcanoes. <laughs> um, he thinks a warm place would be somewhere nice to drift into obscurity. Uh, he also notes that the philosophers state that he will have, oh, I think this is the part that Darkness was talking about. He states the, philo uh, the philosophers state that he will have the power to save the world, but also hint that he will have the power to destroy it. That if he is self-serving with the power, then his selfishness will taint it. He notes that he doesn't want to use the power selfishly now, but he worries if uh, that it will change him when he touches the power. Do you think uh, that whoever it was that you guys think uh, took the power from the Well of Assumption, do you think they were tainted by it and took it selfishly? Or do you think that... 100%. I think Rushak yeah. took it selfishly. <laughs> like, I mean, if it's Rushak, yes, I believe... 100% believe he's coveting the whole thing in general. Uh, the whole, I want to be the chosen one, and like so he would take the power you know covetedly as well so i mean you agree darkness you agree the lord ruler took the power selfishly think that he went in with selfless reason and came like to a conclusion halfway through like you know maybe i could be who i want to be maybe i could be of, god <laughs> <laughs> you know instead of like all these you know they just pressured him the dude just <laughs> wanted to be himself bro <laughs> i mean did he though he literally, he says it himself, but... I know he does. Yeah, the writer. The writer's like, I just, I don't know if I like all this. I kind of just, I don't want to be well-known. <laughs> just want to be myself, like... Want to just go retire somewhere and not be known by people? <laughs> Can I not just do that, people? Like, come on. Uh, so the, the logbook entry ends, and Min gets up, wanting to see if Sazed is finished with the next part yet. She notes that after reading so much, she feels familiar with the person in the logbook and has a hard time relating them to the dark creature that is the Lord Ruler. Mm -hmm. uh, so she wanders through the mansion until she finds Sazed in the kitchen, dealing with some food store duties for Lord Renault. Uh, Renault. Uh, okay. Vin asks about the next part of the translation, and Sazed tells her that he had given her the final chapter, and there was no more. They get away from the other servants, and Sazed states that they likely 
that likely once the Lord Ruler had completed his duties, he either found no need to record anything else, or the power changed him enough that he didn't enjoy recording his thoughts anymore. So, like Vin, are you upset that there wasn't more written after they reached no, the because, caverns? because that's when Rashak killed him, and then he did write more. <laughs> like, Rashak's not going to continue the journal. <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell? Just going to fake being the person that you just killed? Nah. What did you think, Darkness? That point, I was like, Sage did something. <laughs> you think Sage like, did something? That... He's hiding stuff? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he just ripped out the page and he was like, you know what, and... they don't get to see this. You know? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either, but... Sage was for Shek all true. along. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at that either, but I mean... Uh, so no, Sage's... but like... Oh. I'm sorry, but like, um, at that point... I was like, okay, shit's about to start going down because I looked at the at the page uh, at the book percentage I was at, mm-hmm. and we hit eighty percent, and I'm like, I right, I'm I'm gonna prepare myself. Let me just oh, I like, like how you're still percentage. Mine tells me the time amount that it takes to read the entire book. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I've been like looking at the percentage when we hit fifty, seventy, all that. Yeah, I think we technically hit the Sanderlanch starting on chapter thirty three, so the last chapter we read. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, mm-hmm. that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Based on all the switching perspectives we get. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so Sazen mentions that Kelsier was disappointed that the logbook didn't mention the 11th medal, and that uh, he benefited the most from it, even though it had very little about the terrorist religion, it still had much more than the, he had previously. Uh, so Vin then brings up how she's worried about change and what will happen when the job is over if they survive. She says she likes her life now and doesn't want to move forward. She also says even if they fail but don't survive, they'll constantly be on the run from Inquisitors. Sayes tells her to try to enjoy the moments she has now then. He also mentions the Estalzi people and how they thought everyone had a set amount of bad luck, and thus they were happy when something bad happened, as it meant that they would have less bad luck in the future. Sayes also mentions how the Estalzi people were very advanced and scientific, and that they studied color and light. Apparently a lot of what they know about the colors of the world before the Ascension are due to these people. What do you think about the Estalzi people? These are the, like, map people, right? No, that's a different people. Okay. These are just the people who did color and light, and they thought you had a sentiment of bad luck. The oh, great, right, right, right. I remember, yeah. Um, I don't like it. Finn's kind <laughs> of like pessimistic the... about it. She's like, but you also have a sentiment of good luck, then. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, like, it's... I'm not a big luck person. You think Finn would I mean, be? Yeah, you would. You would think... <laughs> that, no, that was actually funny to me, because I was like, didn't you use luck? <laughs> Yeah, didn't you claim that you were using luck? Like, come on. To be fair, she also, I'm pretty sure at some of, like, at some point was like, oh, my luck ran out when she was, like, using it. And so, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you have any thoughts on them, Mythic? Pretty much the same thing as Darkness said. Yeah. I just like to ask when Sage brings up a new people. I just mm-hmm. find it interesting. Uh, so then then brings up the knight that Sage saved her from the Inquisitors. Sage states that he snuck up on the Inquisitor and hit him with a stone that threw him into a wall and likely broke several bones. Finn is a little, little disappointed by the description, and Sage explains that all the Farrakimi powers are similar to Pewter and Tin, but that they have somewhat unique ones like storing weight and age. Finn gets excited by storing age, but Sage explains that in order to spend time 10 years younger, you must first spend time 10 years older. So basically, if you're like 40 mm. years old or something, you have to, you have to, in order to store age, you you like basically age to the age of 50, spend like, say like a month at, as the age of 50, and then, <clears throat> sorry. And then you can use that age to become the age of 30 for a month. Yes. That is how you store right, age. Right, yeah, no, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I was just like, a little confused. It's a, it's a 
cluster for sure. Yeah. That's that's what I exa- that's exactly what I was talking about when I first asked that question. By the way, mm-hmm. yeah, because I didn't know if like if you like stored in age, would it like take years from the future, or would it like, or would you like remain the same age? throughout like the storied amount of mm-hmm. time yeah no so yeah i didn't want to explain it back then because i knew that an explanation was coming for it um so yeah it's basically just like you like literally become how you'll look at that age so like you'll get wrinkles or gray hair or whatever for that amount of time and then your like body like de-ages i would probably <laughs> i would probably spend most of my time as an old man <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that's storing age. Uh, so Vin then asks if she can try burning one of his metal reserves, and he hands her a small earring. Uh, she swallows it and burns it and feels a small reserve that she can't access, and Sace explains that that's how it feels to ferrochemists when they try to use a metal mind of another ferrochemist. Uh, so did you think Vin was going to be able to access Sazed metal stores, or no? I was hoping. Yes, I, actually, I was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure one of us had a theory about this. That she was both. Yeah. Yeah. I no, think... that um, oh. that like what like what it would be like to um swallow like a a ferrochemist metal. Pretty sure it was brought up, but I can't remember who brought it up. I think it might have been Mythic who brought it up. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I did remember. ask. I, I do remember asking the question, but I don't, I don't think we had a, con- a like a full in depth conversation on what would happen. Yeah, I don't think we had, like, a full in-depth conversation. I think it was just kind of like, oh, what if Finn can do both or something, and, like, what would happen? Mm-hmm. Just kind of the question brought up, but no real answers. Like most of this book. <laughs> I mean, it's a trilogy. <laughs> like most of this book. I mean, you've been slowly getting answers. You got, like, what the ninth medal does and what the tenth medal does. You've been getting yeah, some of the fair I got gold, which I called. <laughs> about I forgot a gold billion of other medals, but, you know. <laughs> It is good that it was surprising though that you did call the correct metal with the correct power, basically. Yeah. I mean, it it wasn't the exact way you described it, but it was similar enough. It was very similar. I mean, the whole future sight thing and past sight thing is pretty cool. So Mm -hmm. I just I I assumed that the two metals would be more opposites of each other. You know. Mm Mm-hmm. Not just some made-up metal and then gold. Uh, so we then switch to Kelsier's point of view as he makes his way to Mansion Renault. He pushes himself up onto a balcony and sees Doc. No. And sees Docs and Vin, Sage, and Breeze in the study with Renault. He thinks it was a little too easy for an assassin to get here and worries for Vin, but notes that as a Chandra, Renault does not need to worry about assassin's blades. So I think that might be the first time we get 100% confirmation that Renault is a Chandra. I don't remember. Hmm. I think it's been hinted at, but I think this is What's the a first. Uh, we've been told that the Ventures have a Chandra, uh, and that it uses bones. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, that's, that's the one thing, okay. I was yes. trying to remember what, I remember hearing about it, but I just didn't remember what it was. Yes, they've been giving us very small hints about Chandras, mm-hmm. but not, like, it's been, like, a sentence here and there. So, I believe this is the first time we get conf- uh, confirmation that Renault is a Chandra. Yeah, the, Wait, the- Renault's a Chandra? They literally just, yes, say that oh, right it here. Ch- it was a joke. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, the only other Chandra we've met is uh, briefly Ellen sees the Venture Chandra, which is named Tensoon. But yeah, so he, he knows that Chandras don't need to worry about Assassin's Blades. So that's the thing is you don't, apparently they're not worried about that. Uh, Kelsier then comes into the room and announces himself, mentioning how he crawled through a drainage ditch under Keep Luckle's defenses. 
Uh, and Kelsier notes, then notes the map on the table that the crew had been looking at, and Dachshund explains that Marsh has sent it to them in a hollowed-out table leg. Uh, the map has soothing stations as in an Inquisitor raids with dates. Dachshund also explains that the High Prelands gave Marsh the map to give them suggestions for other soothing stations as they are concerned with the house war. They are to send the map back inside the fixed table leg. Nasei states that he'll start making a copy tonight. Uh, so did you have any thoughts on the map that Marsh sent? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Talking about the map right now, Darkness, not Marsh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm, totally. It's the map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darkness is uh, too Darkness. traumatized. Yep, very much. He called this from the beginning. He's like, I'm going to get attached to a character. I'm going to get attached to a character, and then they die. And he was he refused to say what character he liked for a while. Uh, it's okay, Darkness, I understand. I have cried many a time over over uh, what happens I'm to sorry, Marsh. He was ugly anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. You keep telling yourself that. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Mythic, did you have any notes about the map? No, I actually did not write anything for it. I actually didn't write that in the summary at all. So I okay. I did write something else that comes up here in a minute. When um when they said like when they were like complimenting him and like doing all that shit like oh Marsh can do this and that and like yeah he's dying he's gonna... <laughs> and like no and, like um uh, I do have that in my notes so <laughs> and the and the fact that um if they had to take their own time to copy the map and do all this shit I was like this motherfucker is gonna die bro <laughs> like they gave that map to him like just. At that point, I was nervous, because I knew something was going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, Kelsier then glances at Vin and notes that she looks natural in the gowns that she wears lately, and that Mare would have liked her, and that she always wanted a daughter who could walk the line between noblewoman and thief. So more of, <laughs> aw, Vin's Kelsier and Mare's daughter. Cute. I thought you said noblewoman and beef. This man has a, <laughs> has, a dad, has, has a father complex, and it's... <laughs> he was traumatized by his wife's death of course he has fucking trauma over like her and what like her plans for the future were i'm happy that he didn't like fully we'll get into it you know okay uh i mean was in the knot so shut up <laughs> <laughs> so Vin then points out a raid from the day before and kelsey reluctantly mentions that it was theron's crew which means that the inquisitors are still on Vin's trail it also, uh, it's also mentioned that, like Kamen's crew, there was no survivors on Theron's crew. Uh, so are you concerned that the Inquisitor is still looking for Vin? No, I, I, I had already assumed that, that <laughs> the Inquisitor would still be searching for the person that he, you know, was trying to find. Mm-hmm. Well, they seem to think that the Inquisitor would give up eventually. Well, I think it's, I think the Inquisitor is his, her brother, so... Oh. Oh. I mean, I've said, stated that before when we first. What? That's I don't. Crazy. I didn't remember yeah. that right now. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, when we first, very the very first time when like uh, they were following out, like when he was following them, I was like, I feel like she, he seems too familiar to her, mm. like, or too familiar with her. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the whole like uh, thoughts about. Um, where the brother might be, and I was like, I bet you he's an Inquisitor. <laughs> I think um, I think my two options were Inquisitor or whatever the other one is that like Obligator. Uh, yeah, Obligator that like ruled the Inquisitors in some way or shape or form. I thought he was an Inquisitor, but I just didn't think he was that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kelsier then moves on to discuss getting ready to attack the soothing stations, uh, and says that they should get other thieving crews ready to attack them so they can get rid of as many at once. But he agrees with Doxon that 
the timing will be vital because obviously that'll give away them and probably give away Marge if they do that. Uh, Kelsier then asks Ham about the soldiers, and Ham says they're doing well. Breeze then asks why he and Dachshund are being made to go visit the soldiers, and Kelsier says it's because if something happens to Ham, they need someone else to take command. Breeze asks why it can't be Kelsier, but Kelsier just says that it's for the best. So why do you think Kelsier doesn't want to be the, the one best. to command the army if something uh, happens to Ham? He doesn't trust himself. And he knows he's going to die when he goes to try to kill the... Whatever. God, I can't remember his name again. Uh, Lord Ruler. Mm. What do you think, Darkness? I didn't hear part of the question. Uh, it's Why do you think Kelsier doesn't want to be the one to command the army if something happens to Ham? I think it's more like survivor skill. <laughs> like, he, like, I feel like he doesn't want to be responsible if things go wrong. Because there's already so much on him. So Kelsier then asks Vin if there's any news from the nobility or about Keep Venture, and Vin lies and says no. Kelsier notes that he can't tell she's lying, and then tells her to keep looking. So were you mm -hmm. upset this time if that Vin lied, or...? Why would I be upset Vin lied? I don't know, just you, you upset that she didn't tell him about the, the adium? Oh, that, yes, I was a little upset about that yes, part. Yes! <laughs> oh, when, when you said that, like... Was I upset that she lied? No. Yeah, she she lies. She lies that there's nothing new about keep venture. About what she's lying about. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, she lied about nothing about new about keep venture. Yeah, I mean, kind of because I feel like it's gonna come back and bite her in the ass. But. What did you think, Darkness? Hold on. There was a. I mean, anyway, I thought we went through this already. I don't think so. This is the first time her and Kelsey are talking about it. Oh well, I'm pretty sure I gave my opinion as soon as like she got told. Oh, oh that she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were like mad about her last whole all last. Uh, yeah, yeah. Last time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just you know let's leave stuff in the past so I can move on and I can like you know like her even more now because of what happens. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So we then skip to that night and Kelsier is on the balcony of his bedroom, unable to sleep. Says knocks after a bit and comes in, knowing that a guard can see Kelsier and to keep away from the balcony so he isn't seen. Before Says can leave, Kelsier asks if he has a new proposal for him, which makes Says smile. Says is like, yes, you want a new proposal? Oh my gosh, no one asks for new proposals. <laughs> uh, so Says then tells Kelsier of the truths of the Bennett. They were highly developed people who lived on the Southern Isles and were seafarers and cartographers. Their religion was meant to be practiced on the sea and the captain was the minister. They believed that once all of the world was known, understood, and cataloged, that people would find peace and harmony. So what do you think about this religion, the truths of the Bennett? Sounds like a good religion to me. <laughs> so they were like cartographers? Yeah, so these were the cartographers, explorers. They were like, we're going to find out everything we can about the world. I thought that was Bennett. cool, honestly. Yeah, explorer religion. Better than most religions. <laughs> so... I think that I think this is a better option for me to do where like I just do it by the notes that I have because like I don't remember most of the book like the chapters until I read the the summaries. <laughs> so now now when you ask the questions of like what did you think at this time, I could kind of give you the information because it's it's kind of in my notes. <laughs> uh, so Kelsey then asks to hear about the Vala again. Says notes that the Vala lasted longer into the Lord Ruler's reign than any other religion. Kelsier asks what made them keep going, and Says responds that although their leaders were dead, that they were uh, they still considered them their leaders. And he states that oftentimes belief is strongest when it should be the weakest. Kelsier says he wanted to be reminded that people can keep fighting when things seem hopeless, and then Says leaves. 
and I don't really have a question about this religion because they didn't really talk too much about it besides the fact that they kept fighting even though things were hopeless. Uh, we didn't it actually sounds, get... Sounds like a perfect religion for uh, Kelsey. Yeah, that's why he asked about it, obviously, because he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to I wanna know people will keep going. And then chapter 30, get our epigraph for this chapter, which is, Most of the terracemen are not as bad as Rashak. However, I can see that they believe him to an extent. They, these are simple men, not philosophers or scholars, and they don't understand that their own prophecies say the hero of ages will be an outsider. They only see what Rashak points out, that they are an ostensibly superior people and should be dominant rather than subservient. Before such passion and hatred, even good men can be deceived. Uh, so what do you think about this epigraph and the fact that uh, the writer states that the prophecies say the hero of ages will be an outsider? Solidifies the fact that it is him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So, any thoughts, Mythic? It, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, I was right. I was, I was also thinking like it doesn't really, it doesn't really say that the prophecy says it exactly. It says that they, in, they like translated it that way. It says so the prophecy just, state that they will, it'll be. In, uh, actually, that's my note. Uh, it says specifically, it says their own. Uh, they don't understand that their own prophecies say the hero of ages will be an outsider. So that could be taken as. Like, that's the way the writer is interpreting the prophecy. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, which is, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm kind of worried, like, what, like, you're, like, it comes from the terrorist people, the prophecy, right? Yeah. So I'm just, like, you're, like, telling them how their prophecy is? <laughs> we also don't even know if the terrorist people technically have a different religion, or not, sorry, not religion, I meant, uh, I meant language. So, like, it could also be, like, translated. Like, he might just have a translation of the prophecy yeah. that he got later on. So, like, we don't know how a translation could affect things. So, I don't know if you want to trust his... Yeah. What he thinks sounds, of the prophecy so- or not. Sounds a bit like a certain religion we have, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does, 100%. Yeah, you know, translating text, they can really get yeah, lo- no. some meaning lost. <laughs> no, what could ever go wrong? Yeah, what could go wrong by translating text? <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Mythic. From a dead language. What's that? I don't think you got a chance to answer. About the I epigraph. don't know what the question was. Just, what did you think about the epigraph, and what did you think about the fact that he says the hero of will be an outsider? Which chapter's epigraph? Chapter 30s. Because I wrote it down in my notes. So I'm, I write all my all the epigraphs in my notes now. <laughs> yeah, I write them all word for word. <laughs> okay, so what was the question? Sorry. Uh, just in general, what do you think about the epigraph? And like, what do you think about the fact that uh, the writer yeah, states... Sounds the... like a fucking badass, but... <laughs> just, uh... I guess. Uh, but, I mean, aside from that, because I actually wrote that down in my notes, Rechek is a badass. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I think like, it goes back to what I keep saying about the fact of, like... Uh, History is written by those who, uh, by the winners. So, mm-hmm. like, it could be whatever they want. Just kind of like the certain religion we were just talking about. Yeah. Like, like he could he he could say that you know the 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 prophecy said that you know uh, sky was gonna turn purple and then it didn't and you know whatever you know stupid shit like that. Like he could he could literally say the prophecy says whatever he wants mm-hmm. if he's the one writing it. Uh, so we then start this chapter with Vin at Keep Venture for a ball. She notes that all the ballrooms in the different Oh yeah, is this one? Okay. Yeah. So she notes that all the ballrooms in the different keeps Keep Ventures was special. Uh, she notes, however, that things are too perfect and that even the guards have been switched for haze killers. 
uh, and she notes that there are too many people here considering numbers had been dwindling lately, and even Says notices and says he should go to the steward's dinner early. Uh, Vin skips her meal and goes to try to start mingling with the nobles. She joins the group of Lord Idrin Styrus, uh, and he gives her a stiff nod, but the other four in the group look at her coldly. Vin notes uh, to the group how majestic he venture was, and the group quickly make excuses and disbands, leaving Vin shocked. Mm -hmm. Vin tries to join a second group, but is completely uh, so completely ignored that she eventually just leaves due to the awkwardness. <laughs> um, I got something to do over there. <laughs> and as she leaves the second group, she sees that the first group had reformed. So when you first read this, why did you think Vin was being ignored by the nobles? Because they don't like her. <laughs> I thought she had been, like, exposed as a spy. I think it's the one... I mean, well, I wrote it down, but I thought it was the one chick. Uh, I can't remember what I mean. Um, was it Sean? But, Chan? Sean? Yeah. Chan? Yeah. 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 Sean O'Leary or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. O'Leary. Chandelier. That's it. <laughs> Chandelier! <laughs> yeah, that bitch. Yeah, that bitch. Definitely. Oh my gosh, her name does sound like Chandelier. <laughs> it does. Chandelier. Oh my gosh. Oh, darkness. <laughs> darkness is just too perfect with that. <laughs> so good with the nicknames. Yep. Uh, so as Vin watches the room from the wall, she notes that the only people dancing are established couples and that there is a little mingling going on. She goes upstairs to where she had first met Ellen to get a better look and is surprised to see Ellen sitting with his father on one of the balconies. Vin then sees Says below coming towards her and also notices Lady Cliss speaking with some minor lo uh, lords. When Says reaches Vin, he tells her that they missed an important announcement. This ball will be the last ball in likely a long time as the other houses have cancelled their upcoming balls. Finn states that everyone is standing with their closest alliances and that House Renault was made too neutral so they have no one to talk to. Uh, Say so states that Kelsier needs to know about this as he planned to pretend to be in his formant again tonight. And Finn states that Say should go, but she needs to stay since all of the other nobles thought it was important to come to this last ball. Say says he'll return again after speaking to Kelsier and then heads off. Sure, he will. <laughs> He kind of, he like, takes his time. He <laughs> does. I'll be back, don't worry. <laughs> Just gonna chill with the boys for a bit. No, don't worry, you know, nothing bad could ever happen. Uh, They're so, only ignoring you. Uh, so Vin worries about not being able to be Valette anymore as she had grown to enjoy this part of her life. She notes that there likely will be no more time for balls in the world Kelsier wants to create. Uh, she then decides to go see Ellen, nodding to Cliss as she passes I her. I don't, I don't know about that. I think uh, he'll have enough <laughs> balls in his life. I knew it. I knew it. Finn stands near the balcony table, and Ellen eventually is made aware of her and goes to speak with her. He states that his father had been insistent that he obey protocol for this ball, and also mentions that they likely won't have time to speak tonight. Ellen then says that he needs to stop being a liability. I to... have no time to speak with you. <laughs> he needs to stop being a liability to his family, and that she is a liability. He turns away from her to go back to dinner, and Vin calls out to him, but he says he knows that she's been lying about who she is, and that he needs to go speak with his friends. So what were your thoughts uh, at this time on Ellen's reaction to Vin? First off, I remember thinking, what? what? I don't remember why, and then I was like, oh shit, I forgot. He did that whole snooping business bullshit. Yeah, uh, his <laughs> friend, just he's, uh... No, like... he did the snooping well... bullshit shit, too. Yeah, but he doesn't, spies, he, doesn't, he doesn't get answers, though, till after this. I mean, that we know of. No, yeah, that's true. We don't, we don't know at this time. At, at that point. Yeah, yeah that you, point. Don't, you don't know at this uh, point, but... 
Yeah, he's had JC talking to him, and he's also sent spies out, so. Snooping motherfucker. Like, I hate people <laughs> who snoop through people's phones. <laughs> so. You don't trust me? <laughs> what? You don't trust me? What did you think, Darkness? I mean, I kind of understood his, like, view, because he didn't have, like, the whole picture. Mm-hmm. But I was like, that's still an asshole move, because, like, you don't even like your dad, so. And, like, everything's already falling apart. You might as well, you know. You don't uh, even like your dad. <laughs> so, Vin rushes off, upset that Ellen would leave her, and in her head, Reen's voice tells her that everyone will betray her. The voice felt so real that Vin felt like the voice was right beside her. She notes that this felt worse than starvation and Cameron's beatings. Uh, and then Cliss comes up to Vin and says, Ellen will get what he deserves shortly. She then also gives mm. out that she is an informant and knows that the information Vin gave her previously was false. She says to tell Vin's uncle that she can be made to keep quiet for a small fee. So were you surprised that Cliss was an informant? No. Yeah, no. I genuinely, I genuinely thought, like, as soon as, like, I saw her going on the, you know, her little gossip shit, I was like, mm, she's one of those. She's one of those. <laughs> but, like, but I didn't think she was that much of a sneak, you know? <laughs> Yeah, she has, like, a completely different personality. I was shocked the first time I read this book. I was like, what the fuck? I, like, thought nothing of Cliss. Like, I had, like, like she wasn't in my mind at all. It's because she accepted that fucking information so easily, bruh. <laughs> uh, like, I... No pushback, no nothing. Yeah, I, like, I didn't... I didn't think she was, like, oh, like, that, like, dumb person, you know, just going around spotting what everyone else says. Like, it was too easy at the beginning. But... Mm. I didn't think she had that whole, like, give me this, or, like, I won't tell you shit, you know, <laughs> sort of. That's <laughs> weird. <laughs> that was intense. Yeah. Uh, so Vin then asks about Cliss's comment about Elland and gives Cliss her sapphire necklace for information. Cliss says that Elland will be one of the first venture casualties in the house war. Vin presses for more information, but has nothing else to give Cliss, so she uses a strong blast of emotional allomancy on Cliss until Cliss... Cliss gives in and states that Ellen will be killed by uh, Alarial Alamancers tonight, if he hasn't already been killed. Apparently, Ellen's father is also in on it, as he doesn't want Ellen as his heir. Which, again, father of the year here. Great father. Love as I've said before, uh, I think Straff Venture is one of the worst. <laughs> nah, worst I, de I definitely think there were some terrible yeah. fathers in these last books we've read. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I think those were worse. Yeah, especially the one in uh, Warbreaker. Like, how could you just send your children away like that? God. Uh, so, um, Cliston also mentions that the Ventures will be in for a surprise when Ellen's books are found, and that Ellen's friends will uh, likely also be in trouble. Cliss says that Lord Renault needs Good. to pay her by tomorrow to keep Vin's Alamancy a secret. Vin then goes to run off, and Cliss asks why she would even want to try to save him, and Vin thinks it's because she loves Ellen. She finally admitted she loves him, which is. <laughs> why was it boy because we, we knew it was coming <laughs> i knew it was coming <laughs> yeah you read the whole fucking book <laughs> hey i don't remember most of it okay. most. So, were you surprised that shan was planning to assassinate ellen and that ellen's father was fine with it no not at all i mean i was okay i was surprised I was... that he was getting murdered or he was gonna get murdered but i wasn't surprised his father would be in it on it <laughs> I was a little surprised that his father was in it, because, like, your bloodline and all that shit, but, you know? Apparently he has a nephew, though, but he'd rather 
succeed him. So fucking rude. Ugly ass. Anyway. He's like, I regret having a child. You're a disappointment. <laughs> You're a disappointment. I feel like I've heard that before. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. I'm sure you have. From multiple people. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, Finn re then rushes through the corridors until she finds a large stained glass window. She uses both pushing and pulling to yank on the window and hold herself to a door until the window eventually breaks and she pushes out into the mist. Once on the roof, she burns bronze to try and find Allomancers, but notes that they must have a smoker with them. Suddenly, however, she feels a distant pulse. As Finn rushes towards the Allomantic source, she rips off her dress, leaving herself in her white shift and shorts. Up ahead, she sees some people surrounding a skylight, and she launches shift. Her, her undergarments, which yeah, just sounds white... like a tank top and shorts. <laughs> white? She, she's that pure? Wow. <laughs> Uh, and she launches herself towards the group and sprays out coins. Several of the figures drop due to the coins, but several others push the coins away with Alamancy. There's four people remaining, two of them with miscloaks, including Shan Ilariel. Shan is shocked to see Vin and tells the others to kill her. Uh, Vin sees the two men who had fallen to the coins getting up, and she notes that they're likely thugs. One of the coin shots approach her, but Vin shoots out a coin, which he tries to push back on, but Vin anchors herself to the roof, and thus the man gets shot off the roof by his Alamancy. The other coin shot tries to distract her as uh, the Mistborn that isn't Shan comes after Vin with glass knives. Uh, Vin gets away from the Mistborn and ends up near one of the injured thugs, which she shoves while using Pewter and causes him to stagger and fall through the skylight. She can hear startled cries below, and Vin smiles at Shan. The other Mistborn swears quietly, and Shan sputters angrily. Vin then hopes that Ellen will take the warning, and she hurries to leave, knowing she can't handle two Mistborn. Uh... So what did you think Ellen and his friends' reactions would have been to this man falling into the room? Oh, look. Meat. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yum. The cannibals now? Yes. No. Uh, I mean... I honestly didn't think of that, but there was yeah. a lot happening. I was just like, go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of action. Murder them all, then. Murder them all. <laughs> I was hoping for that one, like, sentence where it's like, oh, I fucking killed this bitch, you know? <laughs> Uh, so Shan and the other Mistborn go after Vin, and Vin pulls herself towards the breastplate of a guard below, who is hanging on to a point of the battlements. As one of the other two Mistborn following her tries to use the breastplate as well, Vin kicks at the hand of the guard, which causes him to fly up into the air to collide with the Mistborn, using him as an anchor. Uh, Shan comes after Vin and her glass daggers, and uh, with her glass daggers, and Vin hurries to try to get away, eventually getting a staff of a guard that had been pushed towards her. Shan slashes at Vin and gets her cheek, uh, cuts her cheek, causing Vin to be surprised. Vin, however, then remembers she has ATM. Then she does this cool ATM trick, which I really love. So she like pushes her vial of ATM out and then pulls on the bead, which causes the vial to shatter and the bead goes straight into her mouth. Which I in my know. mind, I was like, in my mind, I was like, imagine she got some fucking glass into her fucking throat. <laughs> oh, that was I, oh. I found that really fucking cool. You would. Uh, Shan also quickly downs a vial of her own ATM before Vin has a chance to stop her, and both of them burn ATM, and Vin notices how confident Shan is, and assumes Shan likely has much more ATM than she does. Uh, so an arrow that doesn't have a metal head shoots at Vin, which she dodges, and she notices several guards taking up bows. She can tell that Shan is waiting for Vin to run out of ATM, so Vin decides to attack. She avoids arrows, but takes a slice from Shan's dagger deep into her forearm. As she notes her ATM is running low, she extinguishes it. Shan confidently goes to attack, and Vin burns her ATM again, surprising Shan enough to allow her to stab Shan in the chest with a wooden arrow, 
which breaks in half. Shan stays on her feet, though, due to pewter, and Vin grabs a sword from a fallen guard, which Shan pushes away, but Vin had only used it as a distraction and pushes the second half of the broken arrow into Shan's chest. Shan falls to the ground, and her pewter is unable to keep her alive, and she dies. Her and then up. hurries off into the night. So, what did you think of Vin's uh, ATM trick with Shan? Lovely. You're talking about the throw in the vial thing? Not just, no, not throw in the, the vial, the, okay. the extinguishing her ATM and then reburning it to surprise Shan mm-hmm. so she can stab was... her. Bro, I... Mm-hmm. I know I'm supposed to be serious in this shit, but I wanted to laugh so fucking hard with <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny, but like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, like uh, why didn't anybody else ever think about that? Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. like a genius. In my mind, I was also like, do the like shadows, like some of the shadows around her just disappear, and that's how she noticed that, like, she ran. Yeah, out. so the the yeah, so she she knows when you extinguish because the shadows disappear. You only have the one shadow shows what you're gonna do. Um, but I think probably the reason why she wouldn't expect that is because I, considering there hasn't been a house war in quite a while, I think the Mistborns don't usually fight each other. Like they're mainly for like spying and stuff. Mm, that makes and, like, sense. Yeah. So I, I I think she probably even if she's like a really experienced Mistborn, she might not have fought other Mistborn except for just like training with her family's Mistborns. The fact that she's a Mistborn at all uh, shocks me, but. <laughs> She doesn't uh, seem that good. <laughs> so also, were you surprised that Shan died? No. Um, no, I was hoping she would die. Yeah. Hoping she would die. Fuck that bitch. All right. So chapter 31. Uh, the epigraph. Other men worry whether or not they will be remembered. I have no such fears. Even disregarding the terrorist prophecies, I have brought such chaos, conflict, and hope to this world that there is little chance that I will be forgotten. I worry about what they will say of me. Historians can make what they wish of the past. In a thousand years' time, will I be remembered as the man who protected mankind from a powerful evil, or I, will I be remembered as a tyrant who arrogantly tried to make himself a legend? That uh, so yeah, what, would, <laughs> what do you think this man would think of himself now if he is the Lord Ruler? Oh, well, I mean, if he took the path once, you know, he'd probably be like, I mean, I get it. You know? Because <laughs> at that point, he's done a lot already to get to where he's going so he still seems to be at a point though where he's like i'm trying to do this for the good of all people he's is he though he's being pressured to think that way mm-hmm. what do you think mythic like i think i kind of said it already what he i don't think it's him so like i don't think the person writing this is person who's yeah i'm just saying ruler, if, if he was the lord if ruler. he was the lord ruler yeah i mean i feel like he would do better than this lord ruler <laughs> He would do better than Rashek. Uh, he so seems. He seems. He seems like he's genuinely trying to do better, uh, even and regretting what he's had to do to get to where he is. So, and I don't think from the little we've gotten from Rashek, I don't think uh, that's what Rashek would be. You know, I think Rashek's pretty evil. Rashek's so. very brash and arrogant person, as far as we can tell. Mm-hmm. So y'all hating on Rashek now, like. He just wanted to be himself too, don't even. <laughs> I mean, Rashik just yeah. wants to create a genocide of all the Kalenium people. That's yeah, all. Yeah. It's, it's not that bad. <laughs> uh, so we start with Kelsier's point of view uh, as he jokes around with the crew, saying Breeze would make a good minister of sanitation. Breeze asks why he must be the butt of the jokes, and Ham says Breeze is the best butt they have, causing Spook to yeah. nearly collapse from laughter. 
and they're all hanging out at Klebs' shop, including Sage, who says he needs to go pick Vin up from the ball. Yeah, he was just he was just hanging out. He's told Kelsier, and he's like, yeah, I should, it's probably about time I go back now. And then, however, the kitchen door suddenly slams open, and Vin stands there in nothing but blood-stained undergarments. Was he the not? Ham asks what happened to her, and Dachshund asks about the dress, to which Vin holds up the ripped and soot-stained dress. Bree says to forget the dress and asks what happened to Vin. Spook blushes at Vin's outfit, and Sayes goes to look at Vin's cheek wound. So what did you think of each of their reactions to Vin, seeing Vin come in all bloodied? <laughs> I, I was cracking up at uh, Spook's reaction. Spook, yeah. yeah. Same. Oh my god, a woman in a tank top and shorts! Oh my god, she's in her, her underwear. I'm so in love with her. Okay. Vin's just completely oblivious in a moment. <laughs> just like, what are you talking about? I like this is basically just the same as my thieving clothes, except white. <laughs> right. But yeah. So, uh, Vin then says she killed Shanelario, who was a Mistborn, which Kelsey is shocked that Vin was able to kill a fully trained Mistborn. Sace asks Ham for his healer's hey, bag. Why are you shocked that she's able to do that? I was upset. Eight I was a little upset there, cause like. She didn't just kill a Mistborn. Like, she dealt with so many other motherfuckers, too. Like, yeah, Well, I don't think she lot, tells the whole story just yet. She's kind of just said, oh, yeah, I killed Shan. She doesn't and she tell the whole story at all. I think she, I think it's, like, kind of off-page, but I think she kind of does tell the whole story eventually. But, yeah, she, she kind of just, like, summarizes. No, because uh, I, I wanted them to see her as, like, oh, she did a whole, like, 4v1 or some shit, you know? I think was, she did. I think it was a yeah. six. I think it was a six v one because it was two thugs, yeah. two coin shots, and two misborn. Yeah, she beat the shit out of them. Like Kelsier couldn't even do that shit. <laughs> Kelsier had to run away. <laughs> so Vinna says she. Oh, I read that. Um... You did read that. Yes. Where was I? Uh, oh yeah, Says asks for uh, asks Ham for his healer's bag, and he looks at Finn's arm wound, and Kelsier suggests getting Finn something to wear as well because of spook. Finn doesn't understand what's wrong with what she's wearing, but Dachshund says that no matter how much undergarments look like regular clothing, it's not good for a lady to run around in them. Which Finn is like... Believe that, but okay. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 in my opinion, body positivity, but alright, whatever, man. <laughs> uh, and then Dachshund complains about Vin's cheek wound, and Kelsey explains that complaining is how Dachshund shows he is worried and cares. And once Ham returns, Sace begins stitching Vin's wounds. And then explains that she had to kill Shan because she was chasing her down, but that she did attack first because Shan was going to kill Elend. And then Kelsier gets angry that she would risk the plan for Elend, a nobleman. But oh Vin my sh- god. But Vin shouts hmm. back that Kelsier is a nobleman too. She says that they all live like nobles and know nothing of living like a ska. She says he doesn't know what it's like listening to the man beside you coughing, knowing he'll die of his illness, or having to lie awake at night scared that one of the men would come rape her. Or wishing to have enough courage to kill the man beside you for their crust of bread to keep from starving. Or know the feeling of being thankful for your brother's beatings because you at least know someone is paying attention to you. She says not to talk about people... That one. Oh. Yeah. She says not to talk about people he doesn't know because they're just noblemen without titles and then leaves the room. Kelsier finds himself feeling ashamed and guilty with nothing to say. What did you think about uh, that little fight there between Kelsier and... Vin, where Trauma Vin dump. Of, yeah, Vin just fucking just destroys time. him. <laughs> She's like, you know absolutely shit all about being a ska. So yeah. Damn. I mean, it was uh, bound to happen sooner or later, so. I felt like they needed to hear it, in my opinion. I was like, you I go, agree. Vin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely needed to hear it, that's for sure. Do you have any thoughts, Darkness? 
I thought it was fun, like the little <laughs> father daughter movie. Oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be a teenager, Dad. <laughs> God, Dad. Oh my goodness. I feel like yeah. Midnight's had that conversation before. I have not. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she's had that conversation with Jesus. No. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Vin's gone through some fucking shit though. She's had a rough life. Yeah, I think all the Scott have had a pretty rough life, but sure. Yeah. Uh, so we switch to Vin's point of view as she sits on the roof. She feels like she shouldn't have shouted at Kelsier, but she needed to be angry at someone after all that had happened. In her head, Reen's voice whispers that she had to... Such a weird concept. I should have yelled at this person, but I needed to be angry at someone. She's like, I needed to let my frustrations out. Oh my god, there's so many other healthy ways to do that. Again, like, though, they, they... Destroy somebody else. <laughs> to be fair, though, again, I feel like they needed to hear that. I agree, but, like, <laughs> her thought pattern in that regard wasn't like that. It was, oh, I'm yeah. sorry I did it. Like, bitch, don't be sorry. Uh, so in her head, Reen's, right voice, <laughs> Reen's voice whispers that she had let them get close, and now they would all leave her. Kelsey yes, then yes, they will. Kelsier then comes up onto the roof, and Vin quickly tries to wipe away her tears so he doesn't see her crying. Kelsier hands Vin a cloak and tells her that there are some things you can't hide from. He then asks her what happened, and Vin explains that Ellen has said he didn't want to see her anymore, but she is still gone to protect him. Kelsier says he has still loved Mare, even after she had betrayed him, and that he, you don't stop loving someone just because they hurt you. And Vin this is where I saw the father-daughter moment. So sweet. Yeah, this is where I was like, okay, I'm a little more invested in the whole father-daughter thing. <laughs> uh, Vin then says she loved Reen, even though he beat her, yelled at her, and said he'd betray her. So what do you think about the fact that Vin still loves Reen? I'm not that surprised, considering no. that technically he's, like, the one that first showed any type of, like, care. Even if it was, like, an asshole type of way. Yeah. No. Reen, an asshole? <laughs> no. Like, he was literally, like, the only consistent person in her life, because he was constantly moving them around. And he was constantly beating her, and he was constantly... <laughs> he, was, he was doing... He was... It was a very, like traumatic abusive relationship because it, it was like a mixture Jesus. of yeah it was a mixture of like verbal and physical abuse mixed with like i'm doing this because i'm protecting you like i'm keeping doing men... this because i love you because he's like I'm... He strikes her again he's basically because he was like he was like i'm making sure the men don't rape you i'm making sure you get food i'm making sure we get jobs like i'm taking care of you but i'm also like gonna betray you and beat you up and tell you i hate you I disfigured you so that the men didn't see you as beautiful. <laughs> I made sure you starve so that you don't, you're malnourished and you don't oh look as womanly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So much fucking trauma there. <laughs> also, though, I'll sell you to the whorehouses if you betray me. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't betray it. Yeah. Yeah. Finn's had a lot. Uh, so Vin says that everyone leaves her and asks when Kelsier will leave her too, which she struggles to answer because of the job they're doing. They joke a little bit about Vin getting blood on his informant's outfit, and then Kelsier says that Vin is right that he doesn't give noblemen much chance, and that it's true that they aren't really Ska. Vin states that the fact that they chose to fight for their Ska half makes them worthy of being Ska, which Kelsier likes. Vin then tells Kelsier that House Venture runs the Pits of Hathen and the ATM production. She asks Kelsier not to do anything, but Kelsier states that House Venture needs to fall. Ben then tells Kelsier that uh, she I doesn't think Mare... Yeah. 
the dad needs to fall. Just keep Ellen. Yeah, <laughs> but don't like I, I I get get why she's so hesitant on telling them that because like yeah, Kelsey probably would just kill them all, kill them all, and you know not give a shit. Just but, just secret Ellen away into their little hideout, and he could just live with the ska thieves, or, <laughs> and they could take know, down his house. Or, or maybe you pull him into the whole fold and he can help you murder his father <laughs> exactly like he knows the ins and outs of that place like come on <laughs> so Finn then tells Kelsier she doesn't think Mare betrayed him that Inquisitors can sense Allomancy even when you're burning copper she says she did it when finding Shan and that she had felt the Lord's rulers soothing through her copper that the Inquisitor had found her when he shouldn't have been able to so he suggests that burning copper isn't enough but how powerful you are matters Kelsier seems troubled uh, by this and asks Finn to try it. She focuses, and at first she can't, but then she feels a slow, pulsing, distant, far-off drum, unlike any allomancy she has felt before. So what do you think this far-off, unfamiliar allomancy is that Finn is feeling? So before she 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 uh, can feel Kelsier's, what metals Kelsier is burning, she states that she can feel a distant, far-off, drum-like pulsing of allomancy far away. You're asking what we think that is? Yeah. What do you think it is? Go ahead, Darkness. I don't want to go first. <laughs> Why not? Because uh, I have two things in my mind, and I don't want to sound stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's too late for that. You already sound stupid. Wow. You're right. Any theories aren't stupid. They're stupid. interesting. Yeah, so just say it. Because you already sound stupid. So... I don't know how far away she's talking about. <laughs> uh, they don't say it. They just, she just says it's, it's uh, distant. There's a distant pulsing in my loins. I was thinking what? it's... Two mm-hmm. different what? things. Mm. It's either like the Lord Ruler's constant, you know, element he is, mm-hmm. or that same pulse that the person in the book was feeling. You think it's the the pulsing of the Well of Ascension? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it was. I think it's the, the pulsing of the Well. See, of now Ascension. you're you're gonna look just as dumb as me. Yeah, I know, right? Okay. She's like, not. Nah, it's her brother I, calling I, to I, her. It's her brother. <laughs> I I don't mind looking dumb first off, so. Actually, enjoy sure. being. I actually enjoy being dumb. I don't think those are dumb. I think those were the those were the two answers I was kind of expecting. Which are dumb answers? When you said they were dumb, I was expecting Whoa. something like way off. And I was... Bro, I was. I forgot his name. Forgot whose name? The storyteller. Who? We still don't know the... who the writer of the loud book is. Or did you just mean Hoyt, Ash? Hoyt. Oh, Hoyt. Hoyt. Oh, sorry. You mean I... the? I see. I see. I was I gonna call him Han Solo for some reason. <laughs> I don't know, I just, but whatever. Um, uh, a dumb one would have been like, oh, it's Hoyt calling here. Yeah. Help me, Hoyt, you're my only hope. <laughs> He's there with a drum. He's like, doof, doof. I'm calling. Uh, so Vin then focuses harder to try and figure out where it's coming from, but uh, instead she starts to feel a familiar pulsing coming from Kelsier. She correctly identifies pewter, then tin, and then steel. Kelsier is amazed and says it must have to do with power, as Vin said, as no one has known this in a thousand years, and even Kelsier has tried before with no success. Vin tries to say she isn't powerful, but Kelsier insists she is. Uh, that he's it like just took on so many people. Yeah, he's like, if there's one thing I can give you, it's, it needs to be self confidence. Like, c- come on now. <laughs> like you literally single handedly fought so many people. And, and escaped like, like inquisitors previously, like yeah, all sorts of things. Like, come on. Like 
You're not giving yourself any credit, girl. Come on. I mean, when you have your brother telling you you're a piece of shit and beating you your whole life, I think your self-confidence yep. would be pretty fucking low. Yeah, but he's dead. <laughs> or gone. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, he's not here. <laughs> um... So then he says that they should go back downstairs to let Sadie finish stitching her up, and Vin is worried about facing the group again, but Kelsier says she fits in, and Vin goes down with him. Uh, so what did you think about the fact that Vin can feel allomancy through copper clouds? She's hey, super powerful. We kind of, well, I don't know if you guys, I don't remember if we talked about it, but we kind of, like, we kind of discussed. real. Yeah, we kind of talked about this previously. Um, I think mainly with the Lord Ruler soothing thing, when she mm-hmm. brought up, like, oh, I can mm-hmm. feel it through my copper. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to be a super powerful person. Uh, so also, do you agree with Finn that this is how Kelsier and Mare were caught, and that Mare didn't truly betray Kelsier? Yeah, I don't think I never thought Mare betrayed him. Like, honestly, if if she was using Elementy there, and even if they had a like, whatever, smoke or whatever, they're super powerful, like people guarding it there, and also the. What's his name? The Lord, Lord Ruler? Lord Ruler, Lord Ruler yep. I was going to call him the King Ruler again. But... <laughs> yeah, the Lord King. Yeah. Lord King. Um, It makes sense why he would thank her. You know, it's like, you have Alan. Because she's, yeah, she's the one that led him there. So yeah. It just happened to work out in the other way, too, of uh, making him believe that she was some evil person. Mm-hmm. So we then get to switch to Ellen's point of view for, I believe, the second time in this book. Mm-hmm. Second time in the book. Yeah. Uh, and he's re- He's in a coach with... Ellen gets murdered. <laughs> ...with Jaysties, and he's reading. So Ellen notes that there had been people spying on their meeting, which worries him, and he had quickly grabbed all of the books and ran off with Jaysties to a carriage. Uh, so what do you think about the fact that Ellen assumed it was just people spying on them and going after the books? I got so annoyed because I was like, you don't even know what the fuck they just did. Okay. <laughs> No. You don't know. You don't even know how she saved your life. <laughs> Honestly. Treat her like shit. Um, so then there's a knock on the carriage door and a man named Felt, who is one of the chief venture spies, climbs into the carriage with them. Apparently Sazed had been tracked to Clubs' shop. God damn it, Sazed. <laughs> uh, and Felt states that it is likely the hideout of a ska thieving crew. Ellen tells Felt to send his men away and to tell no one of what they saw. So, are you concerned that the Venture Spies now know of Clubs' shop as a ska thief's hideout? No. I'm not concerned we have at good all. reason not to, yeah. Yeah, I'm not concerned at all. Well, I'm just saying, like, are you worried that, like, they'll talk to Ellen's dad or something about it? Again. <laughs> I hope he dies, so... Because <laughs> I'm like, Ellen's not going to tell them to say anything to anyone, but, like, do you trust the spies to not tell anyone? No, not at all. That would be a poor idea to trust spies. Uh, so Ellen thinks about things and eventually finds himself relieved. He tells JC that uh, he had been worried she was spying on him from, from another house, but she was likely just trying to scam him for money, which was better in the face of all the politics. Ellen states that she might also just be an informant or trying to scam other nobles, as she actually spent a lot of time mingling with other nobles, and not just with him. Ellen then suddenly realizes she is a ska, which excites him. He says she fooled them, which means that they aren't much different from nobles, and that they have no right to treat the ska the way they do. JC says they have more important things to worry about, such as the house war, and Ellen then states that he had wanted to get Vin out of Luthadel, but now thinks he probably hurt her for no reason. Uh, Jesse's is annoyed, but then laughs, saying Ellen is hopeless. 
So what do you think about Ellen's reaction to Vin being a ska thief and not a noble? What is his obsession with ska? Well, I think because of that one woman that got killed because of him, he's been kind of obsessed with, like, do we have a right to treat them this way? No, you don't have a right to treat anybody this way. <laughs> Ever. Unless. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's now like, we definitely don't. He's like, I've been told that they're, like, not intelligent, and they don't, like, like they're basically, like, lesser I mean, creatures, and we can treat them they, like cattle. Aren't they they are ska, after all. Yeah. yeah, oh my god, here we go. <laughs> this shit again. Yeah, he's, he's very excited, he's like, oh my god, I talked to a ska, and she was amazing, and she's not a- he, Honestly, I feel like he'd probably prefer to date a ska than a noble. <laughs> It makes sense why his father wants to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so once back at Keep Venture, Ellen gets out of the carriage and tells Jastis to keep the books for now. Ellen is quickly taken to his father, who doesn't seem to care much that Ellen had left. He casually tells Ellen that there had been Mistborn sent to kill him, not just spy on him. And Straff lies and says that their guards killed the Mistborn and also lie that the man that fell through the skylight was dead from the fall, which Ellen knows is not true. Mm-hmm. Ellen is also shocked to hear that Shan Alariel had been the Mistborn trying to assassinate him, and thinks that their engagement had likely just been a, a, a scam to get a venture heir within their family. So, yeah, no, apparently... you don't say! I like how he also doesn't think you're, huh, Vin told me that Shan was coming after me. No, he doesn't remember that at all. No. Uh, so why do you think Straff lied about how Shan and the thug uh, fell through the skylight and died? Because he doesn't want this kid to know that he's trying to kill him like what the fuck i don't like this guy at all i should be his new heir you know like <laughs> i can totally put a lot pull it off oh what you could kill him yeah uh so straff also briefly mentions that the guards think there's a third mistborn fighting the other two but that it wasn't one of theirs so he doubts that ellen suggests that maybe someone tried to stop the assassination but straff asks why mm-hmm. anyone would want to protect ellen and calls ellen stupid you're uh, stupid. <laughs> Ellen then goes to a guest room because he doesn't. He can't go back to his room because apparently his room was where the fucking guy fell through the ceiling. Uh, and he has some haze killers watch the door and balconies just in case. He thinks that his father is probably right about the third Mistborn, but thinks maybe things could be the way he had suggested eventually. Before Ellen falls asleep, he thinks that after the house war, he'd like to see if he and Vin could work around the lies and scams. So he's back on board with dating Vin apparently once the house war is over. <laughs> think she's gonna be back on board with that but sure <laughs> jackass uh so then we get chapter 32's epigraph which is though many terracemen express a resentment for Kalenium, there is also envy i have heard the pacmen speak in wonder of the Kaleni cathedrals with their amazing stained glass windows and broad halls they also seem very fond of our fashion back in the cities i saw many young terracemen had traded in their furs and skins for well-tailored gentleman suits uh, so it seems that the keeps in Luthadel are made after these cathedrals in Kaleni. So what do you think about uh, seeing things from the past that seem to be like inspiration for things a thousand years later? History works, but sure. Yeah, it's just interesting, I think, seeing it in the old logbook and being like, oh, this was... Those were actually cathedrals back then, it seems like, for religion, whereas nowadays they're just people, like, rich people's houses. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Huh? I didn't care much about that. <laughs> I kind of just skimmed over it. Didn't like that epigraph? It's No, it's not the... I didn't think anything big about it. Mm-hmm. Like, about that part specifically. Uh, so, we start the chapter with Vin's point of view as she joins Spook on the roof where he's keeping watch. He's the crew's best tonight. <laughs> he's the crew's best tonight, so he apparently gets to keep watch when the housewar is most likely to be active. Spook tells Vin, 
I always, and I've said this before, we're going to admit they brought up, but I always forget I that t that Spook is technically the crew's main Tenai. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget about that. I always think of Spook as just like this random teenager nephew guy of clubs and that he's not important. He's important. <laughs> we need to give him more more credit. He's important. Um, everybody, Spook... everybody makes jokes about how he talks and that's it. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. He's such a good person. And he laughs at butt jokes. Yeah, I mean, a little immature, but, you know, who isn't? <laughs> so, Spook tells Vin that House Ilario soldiers had attacked to keep hasting tonight. Vin notes that this fighting only happens at night as if to keep from upsetting the Lord Ruler by fighting during the daylight. Spook mentions that the Lord Ruler seems to want the fighting, Vin thinks that the infighting isn't happening as quickly as they wanted. And although the garrison is taking its time to get back, it's still not too far off. However, even if their plan fails, they've still done an amazing job of inciting a house war. She also thinks that with the knowledge gained by Marsh and Say's translation of the logbook, future rebellions may have a lot better chance. So do you think they've done enough to help the rebellion, whether they fail or not? I think if they actually fail, like, in general, nobody's going to continue their their fight, so. I think I think they better hurry the fuck up. This book is about to end. <laughs> I mean, there's two other books that come after this darkness. No. Mm -hmm. There's no way. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's a trilogy. Yeah, she's been saying it since the start. Wait, really? Yes. You, really? Do, do, do you really not remember? It's a no. trilogy. She has said that numerous it, times. It's a trilogy, it's a trilogy. darkness. Yeah, so, like, that's why I'm not too worried about any of my theories coming coming to, tr to truth or not in this book. What's a trilogy? Really? No. She's joking. <laughs> I, mean, I was telling the whole okay. time. <laughs> okay. No, okay. Uh, so Vin then tells Spook that uh, even though Ellen broke things off with her, she still loves him. Spook says he understands that he hasn't been expecting things to happen between them. Spook also explains that he had snapped when he was only five and that he'd been practicing with Tin ever since. When Vin asks for advice, he tells her that Tin isn't about what you can sense, but what you can ignore, as there are so many distractions. What did you think about Spook's advice as a Tin-Eye? Uh, he's amazing. He's <laughs> obviously not powerful. <laughs> okay. I think Mythic's gonna fight you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. This man is the best. Is, that your, is like, Spook your favorite character, Mythic? Okay, Spook is my favorite character, and because I say that, I already know something terrible is going to happen <laughs> to him. I already know it. But I don't care, because you know what? I feel like what's going to happen is Spook's going to be in like a horrendous accident, like fighting people or something, and he's going to lose... Like My, my bet is on his sight. He's going to lose his sight, because I it would be so cool to see a Tenai being without able eyes. to do things without <laughs> eyes. Yes, like... The man who is able to ah oh, amplify his senses and like if they got amplified again, like double amplified, ah, oh, it would be so cool. <laughs> I feel like he's gonna be a badass in like either the end of this book or like one of the other two books. Mm. So we we do know where he ends up, right? I know. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Uh, I know. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna make it past this book. Honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ask questions about all your theories for what's gonna happen by the end of the book. Let's get let's get to that at the end of the, <laughs> at the end here. He's gonna make it. I already know it. He's gonna make uh, it. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Anyway, so Kelsey then comes up, start startling Vin and Spook. This causes Vin to think about how they had bought off Cliss, so she wouldn't tell people Vin was an Alamancer. Uh Kelsey then says it's time to go, as he wants to stop by somewhere on the way to, to go meet up with Marsh that night. After a while of walking, Kelsier thanks Finn for what she said about Mare not betraying him, as he'd rather believe that. Kelsier also mentions that Elland may have only been trying to scare her out of Luthadel. Finn, however, mentions she had said he 
Uh, he had said that uh, he knew she was lying and that she thinks he thought she was a spy and was honest when wanting her to go. Uh, so what do you think about Kelsier trying to help Vin with her relationship with Ellen? It's kind of like a reversal of her talk with him about Mare. Good father-daughter relationship. It's cute. It's therapy. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> hmm. They're trying to work, they're working through their trauma. Like, Kelsier is getting a lot better about, like, not, like, hating every single noble he meets. He's like, you know what? Maybe you're right, Finn. Maybe I need to look at this in a different way. Until he absolutely dies at the end of the book. <laughs> uh, so Kelsier stops them at some Ska tenements, and they are welcomed inside by a Ska man. Kelsier has his sleeves rolled up to reveal his scars, and Vin notes the Ska call him not just a survivor, but also the Lord of the Mists. What do you think about this new title for Kelsier, the Lord of the Mists? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Them giving him a lot of titles, it just makes it makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think it's just a shortened version of saying like the Lord of the Mistborn, but sure. Well, no, because remember the Scar scared of the Mists. I think they literally mean like mm-hmm. he's he lords over like the actual Mists themselves. I mean, the, isn't he the one like he they keep saying about how he went out in the Mists in the very beginning of the book, right? Yeah. 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 Like. I mean, so... Because all the Ska, like, don't you want the mist to touch them? Like, the, the guy who lets them in is, like... I wonder it why. Mist, it specifies that they're, like, scared to let the mist touch them. Probably because the mist is a terrible thing, and you should not let it touch you. <laughs> Unless you're Kelsier or, you know, other more powerful people. Like, uh, <laughs> So, Kelsier tells them that Keep Hasting has fallen, and that although some of them worked for the Hastings, he will send them a shipment of food to help them out for a while. Vin notes the reverence of the Ska to Kelsier and sees that Kelsier cares for them, but thinks it's more like how a parent loves their child than how a man cares for his equals. Once they leave, Kelsier mentions that he visits a few houses a night to break up the monotony of his work. So what do you think about Kelsier's interactions with the other Ska? It's going to betray everyone. I don't expect any of them to, well, live at all at the end of this, so. I mean, like any of them? Any of them. Uh huh. It's just because your favorite's uh, no longer. <laughs> sure. I don't know if I ever had a favorite. Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they then go to where they are to meet Marsh, and Kelsier notes that there would be a light on if Marsh was alone, which there is. As they go inside, Kelsier says that Marsh is to have information on the Ministry's reaction to the house war. However, as Kelsier opens the door to the room upstairs, he freezes, and Vinci's blood running out around Kelsier's shoes going down the stairs. Kelsier stumbles into the room and Vin sees a corpse in the center of the room, flayed and dismembered with the head completely crushed. The walls were stained red and Vin thinks that it looks like the, uh, just like Cameron's lair, except it was all from one man. Kelsier falls to his knees next to Marsha's corpse and Vin has, a, has to try to snap Kelsier out of it as she says the Inquisitors may still be nearby. Before they leave, Vin sees a table egg which she takes with her. So what did, what did you think about them, uh, finding uh marsh like this i knew he was gonna die but because marsh is marsh is the one that went was doing the ministry shit right yeah yeah i i knew i knew when he was stating a, like how he was just doing better than most of them and shit like you know like he was pretty much making a name for himself they were gonna see that and then like dig a little deeper into who he was and figure more shit out mm-hmm. and then he would be in deep dooku so. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I cried like a fucking baby at this scene when I first read this book. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about Marsh. I cried like a fucking baby. Now when Spooks dies, we'll, we'll see. He's gonna he's gonna die speaking uh, his slang and shit. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna hurt me. And then everyone will speak the language just to remember him. At his no. funeral? Yeah. No, we'll see that. no just forever. Oh, forever? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. 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 <laughs> I'm already trying to learn it, so... <laughs> 
so we then skipped to Dachshund reading. Uh, did we get a no? Did we get Darkness's thoughts on Marsh's death? No. Nope. What do you mean? You you did? No, we did not. <laughs> How did you feel, um, Darkness? Did you cry? No, honestly, I I'm I expected expect it, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I I mean, that's I, I feel like the moment. Like I said, I I definitely felt like it the moment he came in and was like, uh, oh, I'm doing so good with the ministry and all this, you know. Mm. I'm like, all right, man. Like, you're you're definitely not keeping a low profile, <laughs> and they're gonna take note of that. And then what happens is you get dug deeper in by even if it wasn't by like you know some some of these higher up people. Wh- one of these people who is jealous of you is going to be like, I need dirt on this person, and then that'll create issues. Like, man, so keep a better low profile. <laughs> you know, but also I was thinking, like, he gave them the map and. Even if, like, he wasn't killed right there, the fact that he received the map and instantly they were about to target all the fucking locations. Well, they didn't do it. I said they were about to. Mm. So, like, if they were, if they were, if they're going to target, like, all the locations, you know, they, like, obviously he would have been to blame. They would have picked him off, but, you know, figured out who it was. So ultimately, but it's I don't their think part. It's, it's, yeah, it's I also part. don't think, I, I don't think Marsh's dead death is for that, though. I think Marsh's death is because. Uh, they're looking for Vin, so they're trying to torture everybody to try to figure out where she is. Mainly because I think it's her brother. So we well, then that's crazy. so we then skip to Dachshund reading the letter that was inside the table leg. It states that Marsh worries the Inquisitors are on to him. He had wanted to know how the Ministry recruits Mistborn, why the Inquisitors are stronger than normal Mistborn, and what if any weaknesses they have. However, Marsh found nothing to answer those questions. Instead, he notes that the Obligators seem to not care for the outside world whereas the Inquisitors are much more loyal to the Lord Ruler. So why do you think the Inquisitors are much more loyal to the Lord Ruler compared to the Obligators? Because that's who creates them. He gave them power, yeah. Yeah. Or he's their controller, but... Yeah. I don't know about controller. Like, maybe? But I feel like they still have some sense of, like, reasonable thought. Like, they're not like a, a hive mind or anything. Where he's doing all of the controlling. I think he just kind of owns them almost, I guess is the best way to say it. Did I, my mic go out? No. No. You're good. Oh, okay. I was That's waiting to see if Darkness is going to say anything in response. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, uh. That happens to me too. I was. Like, yeah, as, I, as I've said before, sometimes if there's like a pause, it's just because I'm like, is, is people going to continue or is the other person going to say anything? Because <laughs> I don't want to like push on if you guys still have stuff to talk about. Yeah. I, I got a new mic and everything, so I was like, uh, I'm <laughs> it must be something else. No. Uh, so after some silence, uh, Kelsier says... Yeah, some silence. <laughs> Kelsier <laughs> says they need to have Renault pull out and to send a thug and a tin eye with him. Me he, also, right? uh, he also Renox. states that Marsh knew everything and they have to assume he broke. Doxon suggests going to the backup layer that only he and Kelsier know of. Kelsier says he'll meet them there in two days as he wants to hit them where it hurts the most, just like they did to him. So, uh, mm. do you think that Marsh broke? No. I don't think they can break Marsh. What do you think, Darkness? Do you think Marsh broke, or do you think he stayed loyal? Yeah, I don't think Marsh broke either. Granted, in the beginning, I didn't. I thought he was going to be a, a traitor. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> like, I thought, like, he would be a traitor, meaning that they wouldn't kill the traitor, in my opinion. Like, that would just not be a good idea. Unless you were trying to send a message, I guess, but... Or if he's not actually dead. You know, actually... It would be even, even crazier if they had what what are those things people call that use the bones and shit? Chondra. Yeah, Chondra. Like that would have been more believable to me mm-hmm. if like he was a Chondra, 
like the the body is a conjurer or if like they tried to use his body as a we don't really have any information on how that whole process works so mm -hmm. yeah you have like, very little information on conjurer yeah so maybe maybe they could use a conjurer take his likeness and like then murder it pretty much and then you know that yeah, and then use that, like, stage of death, like, oh, he died, you know, because then you wouldn't be looking for Marsh anymore. So we then get to switch to, obviously, the most important character of the book. Just like every other book, we get our one very important character's point of view, which is Wallen. Yeah, this dumbass. <laughs> He's climbing through the pits of Hathen, searching for an atium crystal. He brushes past a corpse, but doesn't really think much of it, as he's seen many corpses in the pits. Wallen finds an ATM geode reaching in deep as his arms get cut up until he grafts it and pulls it out. Wallen then begins his climb upward, glad that there are no younger men around to try and kill him for his geode. He notes that his crime was uh, to be sent here with stealing food from his plantation lord, which he wonders if he uh, deserved his punishment. However, when he reaches the top of the pits, he finds a man wearing a shredded black cloak. He cringes away, but the man helps him to his feet. Wallen is told that he will find a small amount of metal inside the geode and that he'll be able to sell it for enough money to live on for years. Wallen asks who the man is, and he says he is who Wallen will become, a survivor. What did you think about Wallen? This sounds a lot more like it's from the past sense than the present sense to me. No, it is supposed to be present. I, I know, but I said yeah. it sounds like. <laughs> that was my thoughts. So. Uh, oh, yeah, my you... question. Yeah, just in general. like, What, yeah. what do you think Wallen? Yeah. It's Wallen. I mean, it's, it's a person. Like, it, just like the guy who got fucked up in the goddamn uh, water by... The, the fisherman? Yeah. With yeah, night yeah, blood? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Like him. I mean, it's just a yeah. person. You always get your yeah. one kind of POV character. It's just like... Did we Did we yeah, get that in? We did. In yeah, Atlantis. you got it in Elantris, too. <laughs> who was it? Uh, uh, what was it? I don't remember what their name was, but... I, I, know, I remember we did get one. Uh, one random person. You gotta look it up on the Yeah, I'm gonna Google it. Cheater. Um, can't find it. Tris, random POV character. I knew she was gonna search exactly that too. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% sure we got one. So. Okay, here we go. Narrator for each chapter. It was near the end. Probably like in the middle, but yeah. Okay. Was it near the middle? I thought. Oh, I think it's this guy, Sean. I don't remember that name, but yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm trying not to remember any other dumb names because they don't have any bearing to the story, really, except to, like, do some small little thing. Like, bring he's a random Dorethy priest. Oh, yeah, he's so he's the one, remember, he's the one, he's in, um, he's the one that was in charge of the church before Harathan gets there in, in uh, Kai, and then he sends him back, no. and then he's the one who, like, it's told if you kill uh, Harathan, you'll like get a reward or something. Or if you kill is it Harathan or like the king or something, he's like in he's in um, Teod during like that big final battle. You know, now that I, now that you're we're talking about the different books, I've noticed that all of these books seem to have one person that you don't expect to be a bad person. Uh, it was Dent in the first one. It was whatever the priest dude was, the bone yeah. priest man. Fucking. Elaf? Loth, yeah, that's it. And now it's gonna be some fucking crazy ass person in this one. It's also <laughs> backwards too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean backwards? Like, it's the ones you expect to be like the worst are not the worst. Mm. I mean, I don't think I thought Dent was that bad. 
I thought he was pretty cool. Like, I'm talking about the God King. God oh. King. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, the person you think from the beginning is the worst person is actually not, and then the person you think is, like, pretty okay or a good person becomes a bad person. Because, yeah, the God King and Warbreaker and Dent, like, God King's obviously, you think of him as a bad person, but then you realize he's a good, like, a good, like, sheltered person. Dent, you think he's just, like, a, he's not really, like, a good person. He's more, like, a neutral person, but he's, like, generally good to the main, to, like, the one main character. Um... And then it becomes actually he's betrayed her the whole time, and then an Elantris. That, I, think that, I think that's called a juxtapose. Yeah, and then a, yeah, like, the in in Elantris, it's Herathen is like yeah. a bad person, but he actually doesn't want to kill everyone. He's first actually, off, first off, Herathen was always a bad person. Even Herathen's not a bad just, person. Just because just because he did one nice thing does not make him like. No, his whole nice. thing was I don't want to become the same as uh, Duladel. But he literally was doing some fucked up shit. <laughs> Anyways. I mean, I still, I still want to know why he kept the fucking ball in a fucking box. Because he doesn't trust the Seon. Well, why? Why don't you trust the Seon? Because it's Elantrian magic. Okay. So are you saying that the Lord Ruler is not going to be a bad person, Douglas? No, I definitely think the Lord Ruler is a terrible person. <laughs> I think he's a... I think, I think he's I, a... I, 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 go ahead, Darkness. I'll, I'll say my theory in a minute. I think it's a mental health issue. He needs, <laughs> he needs therapy, too? Yeah. Everybody in this book needs therapy. Everyone in every book of Brandon's needs therapy. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think I think the person juxtaposed in this one that you think is a bad person but is actually a good person is going to be. Oh well, I think it's already happened. I think is uh, it was Ellen. Uh, I don't. Know. I don't think you that, think I Ellen's going to become a bad guy. No, I think Ellen was supposed like was the one that was supposed to be a bad person because he's royal. And he wasn't actually. Uh, mm. I think it's already happened. Like we I, already know he's not. Like, I don't so. think that would be it. I think it would be more of like a more of a bad guy display. I mean, who do we think is the actual bad person then? If that's you know darkness. I'm sorry, that just got me thinking. Like, if it's like mm. always the good people that we think is, like, I'm like, Kelsey uh, 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 would be the person that we think was bad, right? I don't know. You guys have been thinking Kelsey was going to betray them all since the I, start, though. Yeah, I but like, I, no, I, I don't think Kelsey is going to betray them. Well, sorry, not betray. Kelsey, you think he's going to turn evil? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I think I think he already is evil. Yeah. But like, I think he thinks he's good. He, I think he thinks he's doing the right thing, but he's really not. Like, he's mm -hmm. just as bad as the Lord Ruler. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's going to try. Yeah, you to think he's like a, a parallel, basically, of the well, Lord Ruler. Yeah. To be fair, he does have like over thousands of lives on his hands that he. Literally yeah. got killed. So. Uh -huh. And a slight, a, a slight brief thought of how terrible that is, but like back to business, you know. All right. So we move back to Kelsier's point of view as memories flood him of his times in the pits. Yep. <laughs> Slowly he descends down, using tin to see better. He quickly finds an ATM geode, and his scars seem to throb to an unknown rhythm. He then uses iron to see all the different ATM geodes and pulls lightly, causing the crystals to shatter. These crystals were the only way to produce A-Team in the final empire, and he was destroying them. So, what do you think about Kelsey returning to the pits and destroying the ATM geodes? I didn't expect him to return to the pits himself. I I expected him to return to the pits, but I, I, I did not expect him to be destroying the like one of the greatest metals I have. Yep, goodbye. Goodbye, ATM. I wonder if... Wait, so how does that work? So there's like beads inside of them, like so, right. so what happens, they explain, is there's these basically, like, jagged, like, 
crystal tunnel things that I guess are basically like an arm's length deep. Uh, and there's like water or like some sort of liquid that drips through them and it forms this like geode in the center. And inside the middle of the geode is a ball of like, a tiny little bead of atium. Which is what they devour. Yeah, so you have to break open this like okay. geode. So if you pull on it... So basically what he's doing is he's pulling on the little beads of uh, atium inside the geode, which is then exploding the geode and all of the crystals around it. And so if the crystals are gone, they can't drip and form the geodes. They have to reform the crystals first, is how that works. So he's basically just using the atium in the pits there to, like, completely, like, destroy what makes the atium. Okay. All good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're now on our final chapter here, chapter 33. It's not the final chapter of the book. It's the final <laughs> chapter of the episode. Uh, so our epigraph is, We are close now. Oddly, this high in the mountains, we seem to finally be free from the oppressive touch of the deepness. It has been quite a while since I knew what that was like. The lake that Fedek discovered is below us now. I can see it from the ledge. It looks even more eerie from up here with its glassy, almost metallic sheen. I almost wish I had let him take a sample of its waters. Perhaps his interest was what angered the mist creature that followed us. Perhaps that was why it decided to attack him, stabbing him with its invisible knife. Strangely, the attack comforted me. At least I know that there, that another has seen it. That means I'm not mad. So there's a couple things in here. First of all, what do you think about this weird lake? Well, okay, before that, though, Okay. the mist thing, okay? Or not, I mean, not the mist creature, but like the uh, the fact that they got up a hill or a mountain or whatever, yeah. and then the deepness wasn't there, kind of to me reinforces the whole the mist, mist thing. Because yeah. mist settles low. Yeah, and ash falls from the sky where you wouldn't, you're not going to get above the sky on a mountain. Like, mm-hmm. sky's there above you. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it's just, it's one of the things that solidified the whole mist theory for me mm-hmm. as well. And then, so what was your, your and then your question so after had, I have a few questions. So there's a question about um, what do you think the lake is? Do you, do you think that, as he suspects, that Fedek was attacked by the mist creature because he went near the lake? And also, what do you think about the fact that this mist creature apparently has a knife that was able to stab a person? Did he say invisible knife? He said invisible knife, but he basically, he was able to stab this person, this yeah. mist creature. A mist knife, but sure. As long as that's my thought. A mist knife? Yeah, a mist knife, yes. Like, they make mist creatures, why couldn't you have a mist weaponry, eh? <laughs> yeah, so what are, what are your thoughts on these things? The the lake and the mist creature and how I they potentially I connect? I don't really think I have any thoughts on the lake, though. I mean, it seems cool, but I don't, I don't have enough to go on to make a base theory about what it may or may not be. Well, it says it has a metallic sheen, right? And mm-hmm. they're headed to the Well of Ascension. So I'm assuming it's somehow related. They ha- they're gonna have a little Wolverine action where they you know they get metal in their body like that. Oh my god! <laughs> I could see it though. To be honest, the whole because like the uh, Inquisitors having the fucking nails in their eyes, uh, could see it being a whole Wolverine thing. That would explain why he's stronger too. Uh, so what do you think about the fact that this creature um, can like actually hurt people? I'm not surprised. It's the deepness after all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we know what the deepness is. <laughs> so, 
we then start this chapter with Finn's point of view as she and so this this chapter especially near the end of it is what i think starts the sander launch based on the mm-hmm. switches back and forth between kelsier and Finn here swap 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 <laughs> yeah uh so we start with Finn's point of view she sits up uh sits in the backup layer ham notes to her that the plan is basically over since marsh knew everything and so the inquisitors will know everything or at least enough Breeze and Dachshund discuss how dreadful the job went, as they're quite low on funds, especially with Kelsier giving away so much to the Ska. Vin realizes that Breeze doesn't intend to stay with the crew. Breeze explains to her that they aren't like a regular crew, and that they sometimes do jobs together, but they uh, don't always, and they have to be discerning in the jobs they take as mistings. Dachshund also reminds them that Kelsier had picked them because they were good men, even if they didn't get the ATM, they did do well. And then jokes about the house war, and Dachshund says hundreds of nobles must be dead. Finn thinks that she'll miss this crew and hopes that Kelsier will take her with him. Kelsier then returns, and Vin notices that he's tired from pewter drag. Doxon tells Kelsier that Clubs is asleep, and Spook went with Renault since they needed a good tin-eye. Reason asks where Kelsier had been and how stupid his plan was, and Kelsier tells him he destroyed the pits of Hassan and states he basically ended ATM production in the final empire for the next 300 years. Breeze is shocked and calls Kelsier a lunatic and a genius. Do you think there is ATM outside of the Final Empire, or do you think this is the end of ATM for 300 years? I think there's ATM outside the Final Empire. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think... uh, I don't know. I I don't think it'll do as much as they think it will. What if... What if that... Because now you got me thinking about the lake. What if the lake is where that 11th medal came from? Mm, Interesting. I I think Kelsier says he got the 11th medal from... Like the northern part of the continent, it's possible. Wait. So, does it say where that lake was? Uh, I believe they're in the terrace lands, which are to the northern end of the continent. Yeah. So, I think it's possible that they're in a similar area, but we don't know a hundred percent. We don't know anything a hundred percent. Well, you do, but we don't. I want to see what the map of the Final Empire looks like. Yeah, there's a yeah terrace dominance is. Oh, this is the, yeah, the terrace dominance is, yeah, a bunch of mountains, the very top northern area of the map. So it depends if when they said he was in, because there's also a place called the northern dominance, so if he was in the northern dominance, that's not attached, necess- it's kind of attached I mean, to the terrace dominance, but not this, really. Does this, map, does this map not show you where the lake is that we're talking about? No, because this is a current map. It's a map of the oh. Final Empire 1021. It's not a map of so, so, past. So the lake. So the lake doesn't exist anymore. We no. don't know if the lake well, exists anymore. Map, if the map's not showing it, it must not exist anymore. Because <laughs> it's a current map. It is a current map. It only notes dominances and like some towns, basically. Ah, as yeah, far as I can so tell. No so no lakes surrounding. I don't think the, Let me bring the map back up one second. Where the fucking map go? Um, can we see the map? Yeah, you should be able to see the map. Uh, I think Darkness might be the easiest person to get it for you. He should have a screen, like be able to screenshot his PDF or something. It's like right at the start of the book. Give me a second. Let me find it. Uh, which map is it? Uh, the Final Empire 1021 was the one I was looking at, the big one. So there's like a, a small map. Lake and this, you there know, are I'm some lakes send... mentioned, but they don't really talk about much in the terrace area besides like a single town. I'm just gonna send both of these. Okay. I don't remember studying these at all, but. We took a. I think you took a brief look at them at the start of the. Yeah, but now I know more. So. Yeah, that's the thing is like, I didn't really bring them up much because like it wouldn't really mean much to you guys at the start of the book. I like to see the places though. Oh, fuck! Did it fuck up? Yeah, I see them. 
Hey, you just have to zoom in, Darkness. It just cuts it oh, off. Okay. If, no, this is on my phone, and it only showed one. Oh, yeah, no, it no. shows both. Oh, I got both, yeah. Mm, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Uh, so where was I? So, Kelsier tells the group they'll talk tomorrow, which Dachshund says they thought they'd end the job, but Kelsier again states that they'll talk tomorrow. We then skip to the next afternoon with Sage and Vin we'll discussing. <laughs> we then skip to the next afternoon to Sage and Vin discussing what Kelsier's plan might be. Sage says that this uh, still might be a good time to go against the Lord Ruler, and Vin then asks for stories about the Eleventh Medal, which Sage says there is none. Vin states that she still believes Kelsier about the medal, though. So, do you think Sage should have heard something about the Eleventh Medal if it yes. was true? Hundred percent. This man knows so much shit. <laughs> Super knowledgeable. Why wouldn't he know about this metal if it exists? What do you think, Darkness? I I'm scared of Sees. That's only because you know something, right? <laughs> it's because people with knowledge are, you know. Always. I mean, oh wait, remember what we were just talking about with the person that we think wouldn't be a bad guy? Yeah, maybe, maybe Sees. Oh, you think Sees yeah. is actually I've the bad been, guy all along? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been saying that for a while. <laughs> yeah, but you but you didn't say it when we said that. When I said that, so I wasn't 100 percent sure. That's where where to go. But yeah, that would uh, make sense there. Says being the being uh, the one that we think is good, but is actually a bad person. So then, uh, Taze spooks replacement while he's gone, bursts into the room, and states that the obligators are planning more executions. Finn thinks it must be retribution for the pits, and Doxon says to wake Kelsier. We then skip to Kelsier. We then skip to Kelsier being awake and stating that he wants to watch the executions because he likely is. Yes, Jesus. Gotcha, Jesus. Oh, she's screaming at him. Yep. Hey, I shut his I shut his office door. He was being too loud. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. If anyone could hear him in the background. Alright, you can cut that out in the thing, right? Oh true. Well, we just... were kinda of talking a bit while he was, I think. Going, so. Oh yeah, true. Anyways. True, but Yeah. Okay, so uh yeah, so Spooks Spooks uh replacement while he's gone helping Renault uh comes down and says that there uh are executions being planned. Doxon says to wake Kelsier. We then skip to Kelsier being awake and stating he wants to watch the executions because he likely is the indirect cause of the deaths due to him attacking the pits. Most of the crew leaves to watch except for clubs, says, and a couple of apprentices to watch the safe house. Are you now concerned, Darkness, with your theories on says that he's one of the ones who stayed behind? Everybody gets hey, Don't even get me started, bro. <laughs> uh, so, Kelsier, Vin, and Ham shimmy up the side of... Oh, wait, sorry. We skipped to Kelsier being awake and he, stating he wants to watch the execution. No, I read that. You read that, yes. I'm suddenly, like, just blanking. Okay. Kelsier, Vin, and Ham shimmy up the side of a building to the roof, and Breeze and Dachshund try to make their way into the building to follow them. Kelsier states that he can save the people, but Vin thinks he's crazy. Uh, Breeze then squints and states that some of the prisoners are too well-dressed. Kelsier runs off, and Vin uses her tin yeah, to see if one of the carts has spook inside. So what oh were your, no! What were your first thoughts when you saw that Spook was inside the cart? Mythic. Ah, that man's not gonna die. He's gonna fucking. He's gonna be a fucking badass and beat the <laughs> shit out of everybody. <sighs> I thought. I thought he was gonna get sacrificed. I mean, sacrificed. I, uh, I, I. I do. I do remember. I do remember. Uh, thinking to myself, like when they said Spook's replacement and shit like that, I was like, "What replacement? Why is he not there?" He's with Bruno. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, "Why is he not there? Like, he should be there." But other than that, I mean, once they said they saw Spooks, I was like, ah, Spooks is going to be fine. <laughs> but I mean, I already know. I like the character, just like Darkness. I like a character, he's going to end up dying. So. <laughs> so Vin hurries after Kelsier, and he tells her that he saw both Renault and Spook in the cart. Vin notes that Marsh must have broken after all, and Vin tries to tell Kelsier that they're too well guarded to save. But Kelsier replies 
that he isn't going to let her stop him again and that she has something to learn about friendship. So, do you agree with that, that Vin still needs to learn about friendship? Yes, 100%. Vin doesn't know what the fuck friendship even is. She's been so fucked up by her brother, who is still fucking her up to this day. What do you think, Darkness? Well, I mean, yeah, I literally <laughs> took out the words from my mouth, but... <laughs> this bitch is traumatized. Uh, so Vin then tries to talk to Dachshund, but he also says that they, are help- they aren't helpless. Bree states that he needs to get somewhere he can see the soldiers. He switches to Kelsier's point of view as he drinks two vials of metal and then pushes up and jumps into the group of soldiers and then pushes them all away from him. He flares Peter to try and rip open the cart doors. Once he frees one, uh, one cart, he turns and is face-to-face with an Inquisitor. Good. And then we're back to Vin's point of view as Breeze points out the Inquisitor and Vin realizes it was a trap. Uh, of course it's a trap! How <laughs> do you not see that? <laughs> So then back to Kelsier, and Kelsier jumps away from the Inquisitor, uh, and he notes that there are some Haze Killers arriving as well. Kelsier notes it's the same Inquisitor as before, and the Inquisitor asks where Vin is. Kelsier replies with a question about why just one Inquisitor, which the Inquisitor states he won the draw. Kelsier mm. tries to get to another cart to free the people inside, but the Inquisitor follows him quickly. Some of the soldiers come after him as well, and he uses the iron door that he had yanked off the other cart previously to push at them and attack them. Kelsier notes that Vin was right that he shouldn't have gone, uh, shouldn't have done this, but he also couldn't just not save these people. He then sees Ham come charging with a group of men. Soldiers, uh, unite! <laughs> yep. So, back to Vin's point of view, and Doxon points out that Ham got one of their soldiers, soldier units to come help. Vin states that she should go help, but Doxon says no, and that Kelsier will just run the Inquisitor around until Ham and the soldiers can free the prisoners. Vin then notices that Breeze is soothing the soldiers to not interfere with Kelsier and the Inquisitor, and she asks him how she can help. What do you think about all the ways the different crew members are trying to help the situation? I pictured them as... (laughs) (laughs) Really? Because I pictured them as, like, headless chickens running around trying to fix this... I mean, they're all doing things to benefit other, like, you know, the plan instead of just Mm -hmm. each other. So they're working more as a team than, you know, solo. Except for Dachshund, who has no powers, and he's just like, oh god, things are happening. <laughs> Dachshund has no powers? Yeah, Dachshund's on a misting. Dachshund's a normal ska. Why do I not remember that? Okay, I thought Dachshund had a power. I don't know. No, he's he's always, that's why he's always a, like, finance and organizer guy. Isn't, isn't Dachshund also the one that, when, like, they're having the, the spook was having that conversation with everybody, he then made something, but it wasn't actually a thing? Isn't that Dachshund? Or was that somebody else? Yeah, uh, it, when, was, it was. When, it was spook, when spooks... Kelsier, Ham. Oh yeah, Do- I th- when they were all, they all when they were all talking. Yeah. yeah, when they were all talking about Breeze. Yeah. Yeah, and Breeze was all annoyed. I deciphered. I deciphered it, so I remember that. Yeah. No, Dachshund, <laughs> Yeah, has no powers. He was a plantation ska. They say. Oh yeah. Okay. I remember that now. Okay. Yeah, he lost uh, the girl he wanted to marry. Uh, I, forgot, I forgot he was the plantation ska guy. Yeah. yeah that that's who Dachshund is. They say although he doesn't have a power, he like holds the team together with all his organization and budgeting stuff. Mm, sure, holds the team together. <laughs> yeah. He's he's the budgeting guy, which is why like he's always angry at Vin for wrecking all the dresses because he's like, you don't understand how much these cost us. They cost so much, man. You gotta <laughs> stop doing this. <laughs> you fucking alamant. That's why he's always like, you fucking alamancers never think about anything. Man, he's not wrong. They don't think about anything. <laughs> Um, so we once again go back to Kelsier's point of view, as he sees Ham's soldiers going to try to free the prisoners. Kelsier continues to dodge the Inquisitor's attacks, as he can see the Inquisitor growing angry. 
Then he hears a voice call out Valette. He sees a young man pushing his way through the crowd with two bodyguards and recognizes him as Ellen Venture. Ellen asks one of the soldiers who authorized a raid on House Renault's convoy. So what do you think about Ellen charging into this fight where there's an Inquisitor and Mistborn fighting? And he's like trying to find Vin. He's about to awaken. Bro, I... Oh, I hated that he did that. When I read it, I was like, you stupid. Oh my god. Like, no, because <laughs> he just walks up and he's like, hey, y'all got papers? <laughs> yeah. I find it, it's both so stupid, but also so sweet. Because he's like, oh I'm my like, god, Fatlet's going to get he's... executed. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get himself killed, bro, too. Yeah, because he thinks she's probably in one of those carriages. Because you can't see unless you're up top like the, the crew was. So he's probably just like seen like Renault and just been like, oh fuck, or just heard that like Renault's uh, canal boats were raided, and he's like, oh no, I know they're ska, they're definitely getting executed right now. I gotta save her. <laughs> he's trying his I best. Know the, I know those ska. <laughs> you what? I know those ska. His father's like off of his head. <laughs> yeah, the father's I mean, like, put him is. in the cages. <laughs> He already is, like, off with his head. His father is there. He'd be like, just put him in the cages with them. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, goddamn. So Kelsey then turns back to the Inquisitor, who beheads one of the fleeing servants. Kelsier shouts out as the Inquisitor grabs another servant, and Kelsier tells him that he'll finally fight him. Inquisitor smiles, releases a servant, and Kelsier downs two more vials of metals. He thinks about how his brother and wife and so many others are dead, and that he would finally get revenge. Kelsier pushes out a strong push of steel, leaving just him and the Inquisitor in a pocket of space. That was the end of our chapter. Mm-hmm. With Kelsier about to fight down this Inquisitor one-on-one. Which is why I was like, probably, yeah, this is kind of a bit of a, bit of a cliffhanger here. Yeah, and I chose to read it on Monday. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I've got some overview questions now. First of all, what do you think is going to happen in Kelsier's fight with the Inquisitor? He's going to die. No, actually, I don't believe that, actually. Because uh, I, I think he's going to die fighting the uh, Lord Ruler. Mm. I think Vin's going to jump in. Mm. I think Vin's going to jump in. Um, Ellen's going to see her. Stuff's going to go down. Ellen's going to be like, no, Vin, she's dead. And then she's not really dead. But, you know. He's going to think she's dead. And then he's going to uh, break. Gonna yeah. And, and then after that, that <laughs> we're going to hear like, horses or whatever it is that pulls the fucking carriages and they're gonna like pull up and uh it's gonna be a black one and it's gonna be the lord ruler he's gonna pull up and he's gonna be like hey bitches i'm here you know it's <laughs> Medora. Fuck you all up now yeah <laughs> all right so also uh with all of what's happened with finn and ellen's relationship do you think they're gonna become a proper couple at some point like yes. either in this book or one of the other books yes i still have this vision of them fucking in a tent so a tent. Why a tent? I, I, I don't know why a tent. Just a tent. I had a vision of them, like, ruling together. Vision of them fucking in a tent. Because, like, the mom's like, you're going to be a queen or whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, eventually they, she is going to be a queen, so. <laughs> uh, and then my final question, which is going to be a long one, is who do you think a is going to be one? alive or dead by the end of the book? So going through the characters, who do you think is going to live or die? Uh, I think Spooks is going to live, because I want Spooks to live. Uh, maybe maimed, but I feel like he should live. Uh, and then... Uh, should I just I go through the I'll... characters, maybe? Should I go through them and yeah. you guys both say? So I guess we'll start with Spooks, since Mythic Story says Spook. Uh, Dark. Oh, he's dead. 
He's dead? Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kelsier, live or die, by the end of this book. In, in the end of this book? I don't think he dies in this book. I think he's he dead. Dead? He okay. Yeah, mostly because he already taught Vin most of what he knows. Uh, Doxon. Is Doxon going to live or die this book? Dead. He's going to... I feel like he's going to live. <laughs> Only because he's going to... He's gonna he's gonna be the betrayer. I still think that. You think Docs? Oh, you think Docs? Okay. Oh, I thought you thought okay. Sage was gonna be the betrayer. There's multiple betrayers. They're all in okay, on okay, it. Okay, okay. Uh, Ham is Ham gonna live or die this book? Mm, yeah, because then. What did you say, Darkness? Ham's the one that ran in, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he's dead. Okay. Do you guys both agree on that one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Breeze is First Breeze gonna live or die? Uh, die or no, live, live, live. live. Uh, Breeze lives, yeah. Okay, both Green Breeze lives. Um, Vin is Vin gonna live or die this book? Vin's gonna we, we, really? What I think Vin's gonna live, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, why is... are you asking? Why am I asking? I'm asking about each character. We know we've read the other books already. Uh huh, sure, you have. Uh, Ellen is Ellen gonna live or die? Live, I hope he lives. I think he's gonna <laughs> die though, honestly. I think he's gonna die. Um, Renault. Is Renault gonna live or die? Oh, he's dead. No, for sure. Yeah, I think he's dead, for sure. Um, who else was important? Uh, the Lord Ruler. Is Lord Ruler gonna live or die this book? Ah, uh, live. He's gonna kill Kelsier later. Lord Ruler? Yeah, the yep. Lord Ruler. Lord Ruler is gonna kill Kelsier, take his body, because he's also a whatever the fuck that thing's called Chandra? again. He's gonna be alive. Yeah. Okay, you guys both think he's gonna be alive? Uh, am I missing anyone? We got, I think we've got all of the... Oh, I didn't do Sage, I don't think. Sage, live or die. Live. Oh, Sage is living, yeah. Okay, I think Sage that's... is the Lord Ruler. No, I'm just... I think that's all of the big characters. I'm trying to think if I'm missing. I got all the crew. I got Ellen. I got the Lord Ruler. Sometimes I... Is there anyone else you guys can think of? Rin. Rin? <laughs> is, is Rin dead or alive, currently? <laughs> I... Alive. I hate that they brought up the father and they did nothing with him so far. I hope he dies at the end of the book. <laughs> I really do. I want him to just be dead. <laughs> we will all rejoice. What if he... Oh my god. No, you know what? Fuck. <laughs> There's so many things that can happen. Oh, here. Uh, what What about uh, Inquisitor guy that Kelsier's fighting? Live or die? The one that's obsessed with Vin. He's gonna die. Oh, is that the one that's obsessed with Vin? No, but I don't think he's gonna die. <laughs> that's the one who keeps saying, yeah, because Kelsier recognized him, so he's the one who keeps saying, what's her dad? Who's her dad? <laughs> All right, I, yeah, think, I think that's, that's everyone. So, yeah, ne next uh, episode, we're finishing the book, chapters 34 through to the epilogue. Whoa. Yeah, that is going to be six, six chapters. Five chapters plus an epilogue. Yeah, finishing the book off, you guys will be done that, and then the week after that, we'll yeah, be starting book number two, which is called The Well of Ascension. Whoa. Uh, wait, wait, wait. That, I had a theory. I had a theory. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, go, go, okay. go. go. I, I completely forgot I had this, this theory. So <laughs> I have a theory that um, Vin is actually the prophecy person, right? You think she's the hero of Vin? Yeah, and um, this whole image of, like, the ash and everything, this this is the theory that was going with the other part. It, uh, I think um, when they went to the Well of Ascension and they, like, you know, let the power go wrong, I think they became like a sort of part of with the like part of the deepness. Mm. Like they got corrupted. And yeah. um Vin is the like subject of the prophecy, but it's happening now rather than if it were happening back then. And 
I think Vin is going to have to go through that whole journey that they went through. So do you think we're going to learn more about the prophecy then? Yeah, and I think, like, they're going to, like, try to reach that will of ascension, which is, like, I feel like it was the, like, thumping or, like, the, you know, the thing that she was trying to figure out where it was. Mm. The one you asked me about, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because, yeah, the next book is called The Well of Ascension, and the final book is called The Hero of Ages. Oh, great, yeah, for sure. Which, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, those aren't spoilers, because so, you can easily so, see what so books Vin, are called, and it's so in my list Vin of books. Leaves, yep, so Vin lives the whole time. If she's the hero of ages. Maybe darkness is wrong. What if Spooks is the hero of ages? <laughs> Spook is the hero of ages. He's the outsider, you know? So. He's the outsider! They weren't talking about the terrorist people, they were talking about the crew. <laughs> He's kind of an outsider. Yeah. But yeah, so the yeah, so we're gonna be finishing the final empire next week, then we'll be starting the Will of Ascension. Uh and then the Hero of Ages, and then we'll have two short stories. Uh, for Mistborn in Arcanum Unbounded when we get to that, which will be right after, which is the 11th medal, which we learn about the origins of uh, Kelsey or finding the 11th medal. And then we oh, have... Awesome. Yes! I think I told you about that briefly, but yeah. So it's a short story about uh, Kelsier's time with finding the 11th medal, and it has Gemmel in it. Mm. Uh, his crazy teacher. Uh, and then we also get uh, the second short story... Short... I call it short, but it's it's... Longer than the 11th Metal short story, called uh, Mistborn, A Secret History, or just Secret History. Uh, and it has a bunch of stuff from over the, th- the trilogy that you do not learn in the three books. Cool. I'm sure Mythic especially will love that, because you're always angry mm-hmm. when we don't have a lot of answers. So you'll probably mm-hmm. get a lot more answers in that book. It's very, I really like Secret History. It's a the really fa- good well, book. Well, first off, the first off, I'm already now angry because apparently this trilogy doesn't answer questions. The trilogy, I will say, the trilogy is a very, very complete trilogy. It really wraps up nicely. Yeah, but have to make another thing. To yes, but remember, the Mistborn has been planned to have four eras. This is era one. This trilogy. Oh, so there's a fourth era that just doesn't have a book. <laughs> There's, so, there's, this is Era 1, the first three books. Era 2, uh, so Secret History and 11th Middle are considered uh, short stories within Era 1. Era 2 has a short story oh. in Arcanum Unbounded and has four books. And Era 3 and Era 4 are not out yet. Era 4 just, or Era 2 just finished. Recently. Yeah. But we're gonna take a, I mean, if you, I have the thing bookmarked in our Discord, but if you, um... We're basically going to take a dive into Stormlight between Eras 1 and 2 of Mistborn. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we can start up Mistborn Era. Uh, mostly just because I felt like it was uh, a lot to do uh, both at the same time. And also, Mistborn Era 2 did come out later than Stormlight. So I felt like it was, it was good to go into another series instead of doing like two like a year and a half or so straight of just Mistborn. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it'd be fun to go into Stormlight, and Mistborn Era 2, I've said, um, we can either do after Stormlight, or we can do partway through Stormlight, because Stormlight is quite long, so if you guys want a break from Stormlight, we can do Mistborn Era 2 at that point. Like, middle, mid-book? Not mid-book, like, between, like, see, like, midway through, like, so, like, after book two or something is Stormlight, if you I want. Say mid, I say mid-book. We no, we're not, it. I don't think we would do that mid-book. <laughs> middle of the book, be like, nope, we're not doing this anyway. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so you guys, I guess, you guys usually wait till Sundays to read, but 
do not follow. Like, I mean, I didn't wait till Sunday last time. But yeah, but you usually do, so you don't have but to. You don't busy. have to this time because it's to the end of the book. You got. Yeah. You can read right now if you really wanted to. <laughs> yep, I could. I could definitely go listen to it right now. All right. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate all of you, and see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.